what's good, whistleblowers? What's good? I'm Punky Johnson, and I got my boy here. I'm Morgan Mizell. Yeah, and today we got... We got Thomas Jones, yep. former Pro Bowler, yep. uh, former All-Pro, yep. and recently just got nominated for the NFL Hall of Fame. How's that feel? Uh, feels great. Feels great. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Uh, I was excited when, when David mentioned it to me. Um, I love doing these type of podcasts because it's just raw and, 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 and honest and official, so I'm glad to be here. Yo, I'm glad to be here. Man, you are the first pro football player I've ever met. I'm I'm like, I've, I've, the, whole, the whole week I've just been sitting up there like, don't go up in there, I'll Google it, don't go up in there, I'll Google it, try to keep it together, just chill, just chill. But it's an honor because I just I just uh, remember your work, particularly against my Saints, and oh man, you just, I really oh, just man, didn't I like apologize. you. I'm sure you got to do that a I was a, a, a different person then. <laughs> you was just you was, was a madman, man. You was a madman, just running through our defense like it was nothing. I'm like, I hate this guy. I hate this guy. Shut him down. I man. hate this guy. But it's just it's an honor, man. What's up, Thank Thomas you. Jones? Thank What's good? You. Thank you. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm I'm excited, like I said, to be here talking to you guys. Um, you know, obviously, I, I played in the NFL for a long time, and 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 it was able to you know make the transition out into some some other fields, mm-hmm. and um. You know, that's always it's a it's a part of my life. It's almost crazy because it feels like I didn't do all of that because I'm so invested in in my new ventures. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, it's cool to hear. You know, we're on the field, so I don't know who's yeah. watching the game. You know, what I'm, yeah. Saying? Yeah, I'm just yeah, doing yeah, my yeah, thing. Yeah. So to know that you know you're watching it, even though oh, yeah. it was for your it wasn't your team. You know, what I'm saying that was winning. Like it's dope to know that somebody else was actually watching you yeah. and rem- remembers your work. That means a lot. Oh yes, indeed. Yeah. I love football. And yeah. I love, I love, and you in the ten thousand club too. So that means you, yeah. you was running you, your ass. <laughs> That's longevity and, and talent right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a ten thousand. Feels like my body feels like ten thousand yards. I'm sure. I was gonna say you might. It might be transferring into something different, but you definitely remember. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Every morning definitely. you wake up. Yes, yeah, I, I can imagine. Uh, mainly at night before I go to sleep. Okay. So. Football is like is rough. It is physical, and I've always wanted to ask a football player like, why? What led you to football? Why are you doing it? Was, did you really, really love it, or was it something to get you off the streets, or was it something to just keep you focused, or buckle down, or was, or did you really love it? No, I'm I'm from Virginia, small town in VA. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday Night Lights, that's where I'm oh, from. Okay, you know, it's one of those mm-hmm. towns where everything is football. You know, what I'm saying when 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 Friday Night comes around, the whole town shuts down. You know, my dad used to always say, if you want to rob a bank in my town, you rob it on Friday night because <laughs> the police, everybody, 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 everybody focuses everybody, on yeah. something else. Everybody's there. That's so, a small man. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I should have uh, robbed the dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, you know, coming from that, an area like that, you know, it, obviously football is, is uh, you know, the main source of entertainment. And then my family's a big football family. All my uncles okay. played. Uh, my father played. My uncle, uh, Ed Clark. Was uh was a legendary player in in the state of Virginia, and um and all my cousins, you know, I have a huge family. You know, I mean, I have about I love twenty that. cousins. I love, oh, I love that. Maybe you know, ten, eleven of us boys. Well, I know you, you got know. a whole bunch of siblings. Yeah, a bunch right. of siblings, bunch of, like, bunch of sisters, Jones. bunch yeah. of five sisters, and a, and my brother. Well, that means so. you a ladies man. Uh, Come on, man! Anybody, look, look, look! I, I know, <laughs> I, anybody that was raised around a bunch of women got to be a decent brother. Well, Straight you up. know, I mean, uh, I think I have a little more insight than somebody else that doesn't have that many sisters. I wouldn't say I don't know if I would say I'm a ladies' man, but I, I definitely know what I think. I know what to expect more than the average guy. Yeah, well, that, that's kind of what I meant. I didn't mean to say like you were <laughs> <or> something. <laughs> were they? Were they? Were all your sisters older? 
No, two two are older, uh, three are younger. So okay. I, I'm the middle kid. Oh, that's not that bad, though. No, well, you know, my well, my mom was having kids from the time she was 17 to 36. Mm-hmm. So my oldest sister is eight years older than me, and my youngest sister is 11 years younger than me. So I'm right in the middle. And then I have another older sister. Okay. And then uh, my brother has a twin sister. They're twins. They're three years younger than me. And I have another sister that's six years younger than me. So we're kind of spread out over oh, yeah. a three to five year span. That ain't bad. Yeah. Who was, you, you was the bad You was the bad one? Uh, I heard the middle kid just kind of run wild, man. You know what? I was kind of, you know what? I, I wasn't I wasn't really that bad of a kid. You know, I was just super focused. You know, honestly, the, back to the question how you asked me, I got into football at five years old. I was like, man, you know, I'm, I don't know why. I just said I want to go to the NFL and I want to buy my mom and my, my dad a house and a car. And at five years old, I was like watching the NFL draft, watching it with my dad. And, you know, you see the guys go out on the stage and they have their suits on and the families and they're excited. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, coming from a town like mine, you know, no one had ever made it to the NFL. So I didn't know that. I'm five. I just know that I saw that. I knew how it felt. That's what I wanted. And so um, that was my goal from the time I was five years old. And um, fortunately, I was able to make it come true with a lot of hard work and a lot of help from my family. And you wanted to be running back the whole time. The whole time. I think because um, – you know, kids, you know, they kind of follow whatever their dad likes. And, and my dad was always a fan of running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever we'd watch football, he would be a fan of the running back. And so I would watch whatever running back it was. And, and when I was in school, you know, as I was coming up through grade school, you know, I would imitate uh, whatever running back that I saw. And whether I was walking down the hallways, you yeah. know, I was kind of like yeah. spinning around other students. So I'd speed up. If I'm going yeah. to the mall, I'd like... You know, if there's lines on the on the on the floor in the mall, I would like jump over each line. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, yeah. you know, I was one of those kids. Oh, you know, you wasn't like, like me. I was like step on a crack. I was like, that's I was, what my dumbass was doing. <laughs> I was jumping over. Uh, I was jumping over somebody's arm trying to tackle me. So I even even with my toys, you know, um, I used to get embarrassed sometimes because uh, you know I'm 10, 11 years old, and me, my brother, and my sister shared a room. And I would literally make the bed up so I could pour all my G.I. Joe action figures on the bed. Mm-hmm. And I would take the good the good ones and the bad ones and I'd split them up on different teams. And so uh, for like an hour and a half, I would say, hey, can you guys not come in the room because I'm in there playing football. <laughs> yeah. And the whole playbook so, out here. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> in my, so I already had visualized what I was going to do, even in grade school with my, my crayons, any, anything. Like I would draw the Chicago Bears C. Um, because I was a big Walter Payton fan, so I would wow. when I was a kid. So I would draw the C and color it orange. So it's just crazy as you get older. And now, you know, being eight years removed out of the NFL, and then having this kind of conversation, anytime I talk about this, it's like, wow, you know, you really do manifest your future, mm-hmm. and you don't even know you're doing it. No, the whole thing came full circle for it. That's yeah. crazy. crazy. So I wasn't so well, definitely Walter Payton, but what were some of the other running backs you liked? Uh, um, I liked a lot of. Uh, I mean, any running back. I mean, um, I played Tech Mobile. Okay. So uh, I ran the ball every play. Uh, Bo Jackson, um, Marcus Allen. Um, I liked. I liked, and I really was a big fan of college football. College football was so much fun to me. Um, you know, my father uh, worked at the University of Tennessee for a couple of years, and um, so he would take me and my younger brother to the football game. So you know, I'm 10 years old, 11 years old. I'm in Nayland Stadium, over 100,000 screaming fans, Ooh. and uh, and they're in the SEC. So I'm watching. You know Auburn come in, and and I'm watching Alabama come in, and Florida Gators come in, and the so so football was just something that was just in my blood, and watching running backs and just imi- Im- imitating them and emulating them 
was just something that, that just kind of came natural. You know, uh, Saran Stacy is a running back. A lot of these running backs people don't even really know, but I like the running backs that really, they didn't have the big, big names, but they were just consistent and solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saran Stacy, Alabama running back, Bobby Humphrey, um, James Stewart. Uh, I mean, there's just so many running yeah. backs. I was like a student yeah. of running backs as a kid, like young age too. Yeah, well, I could tell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I mean, I would, get, I would, I would, I would get the uh, the media gods when I would go to the game, and when I would go home, I would um, take a marker and circle all the running backs where they were from, how big they were. I was infatuated. I was just infatuated. Damn, you with go it. deep. Yeah, yeah, I was infatuated with football and infatuated with running backs. I'm learning from you. I'm gonna go home and draw a big old stage with like a million people in the audience. <laughs> and maybe that should have manifest for me, Yo, man. Listen, it worked for me. It could work for you. So. Oh my god. Yo, yeah. that's that's crazy. Like so. Okay, first of all, what I, what I really want to know is, did you go to Virginia because you were in Virginia? Mm. Was that the reason or? No, I, I actually uh, committed to Notre Dame after my junior season. Uh, my junior year, I, I had a breakout year, and um, I rushed for over 3,000 yards. Oh, God damn. Yeah. yeah, we won the state championship. So, Pretty good. Um, and then what's so crazy is uh, my, my uncle um, had broke, the one I mentioned, Ed Clark, had broken the state record for most yards in a single game in 68, and he had 449 yards rushing in one game. And my junior year, on the same field that he played on, I had 462 yards and broke his record. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. Um, wow. So um, yeah. so that was crazy. But after that game, it was the most rushing yards that Friday in the country. And so um, I was in Sports Illustrated, facing the crowd, and all of a sudden I started getting all these offers. Mm-hmm. So I committed to Notre Dame right after my junior year. Lou Holtz, he came to uh, Virginia, came to my school. And I'm like, this is Notre Dame. My town is like. 3,500 people, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And Notre Dame is in town. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, how can you say no to Notre Dame? So I committed, and I uh, went through my whole senior year as a Notre Dame commit. I was really, really close with the running backs coach, Earl Mosley. He would come to three or four, I came to three or four of my games. Every couple of weeks he'd come to one of my games. And um, George Welsh and Virginia, they recruited me very heavily because I was the number one recruit in the state. And I just didn't see them as a football school, you know. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm used to watching the SEC teams going to Tennessee. So, I'm, you know, if anything, I would have gone to an SEC school okay. if it wouldn't have been Notre Dame. But just something happened, you know. He came to my house, and you know, at 17 years old, I just had this gut feeling like, you know, at least let me take a visit, you know. And so I said, okay, I'll visit you guys before I visit Notre Dame. And I went on my visit to Virginia. Tiki Barber was my host. Uh, Rondé Barber and uh, Anthony Poindexter and before I left that weekend I just felt like man like there was just a lot of really good things going on they changed their uniforms which is cool which is good for, you know kids it's always a good look when you're 17 yeah they just won the ACC championship they beat Florida State they won the Peach Bowl um, and then they just sold me hey you know you're from Virginia you're the number one recruit in the state and I just felt like man you know it's a great education but also, it's an opportunity for me to be a part of something bigger than just me. Yo, I feel yeah. that. To really, like, start uh, something and not yeah. just be part of that Notre Dame. Yeah, movie. you know, I wanted, you know, I felt like, wow, this is something that I could be a part of. Because it was just some excitement there. And I was like, man. And so, on my way back, I was like, you know, I told my mom and dad in the car. I was like, because where I live in Virginia is five hours away from Charlottesville where UVA is. And I said, hey, um, I think I want to go to UVA. And they were very supportive of whatever okay. it is that I wanted um, so when I got home, I was stressed out because I was like, 
How do I tell them? <laughs> oh, yeah, because you now you got to yeah, call up the people yeah, you're Yeah, because to. the next week I'm going to know the day. That's like coming up a wet day. Yeah, yeah, next like, week. Yeah. So I'm like, man. Um, so I was like, hey, daddy, um, can you do me a favor and call them and tell them, you know, I'm not coming. He's like, no. I don't know. Yeah. No, 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 you got to do it. And that was the kind of start of me becoming – you know, a responsible adult because, you know, I I mean, it was a tough decision at 17 and my coach, you know, Earl Mosley, you know, we shed tears on the phone. Um, and, and, and Lou Holtz, you know, he was classy about it and was like, hey, you know, um, I wish you the best. You're a great player. You're a great kid. You have a great family because you become close to these people. You know, me and Earl Mosley, I mean, he was kind of like an uncle. Okay. And and so it was just hard. And then what happened was the running backs coach at Virginia that recruited me, once I actually went to UVA, he went to North Carolina. So oh, I had a whole wow. new running backs coach wow. to pair. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it was just a crazy time, but I'm so glad that I went there. My four younger sisters went there after me. Uh, we're like UVA royalty there. Yeah. My family That's cool. is. That's what's up. Uh, yeah, it's I great. just keep imagining that phone conversation. Like, what if, what if he would have been like, really, bitch? <laughs> 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 well, fuck you. <laughs> So I had a coach from Virginia Tech, Todd Grantham. I think he's a defensive coordinator at the University of Florida. He was from Virginia Tech, and he came to my school and was like, um, oh, man, he came to my house, and me and my mom and dad are sitting on this side of my dining room table. We have this little-ass dining room, and he's on the other side. So he's there, and I'm in the middle, and my mom and dad are here. And as he's talking, my dad is boom, boom. And I'm like, he's talking, and I'm dozing off. <laughs> <laughs> and, and wake up and it's like you know so he leaves because i was not interested in virginia Tech. yeah okay like there was just nothing about them that just intrigued me and i was just nothing and i'm like two hours away from there but it's just yeah. like no and he just wouldn't stop so he came to my school and he wanted to meet with me so he got me out of class i went in the gym and he goes um hey you know i um, just want to know are you going to come to virginia tech on a visit and i was like well i'm not sure but you know as of right now, I don't think I am. And he's like, well, are you going to Virginia? You know, and I'm like, well, I'm not sure yet. And he's like, well, you know, you can't go to Virginia. I mean, you, you can't go to Virginia and not come to Virginia Tech. I mean, you know, you're two hours away. And I was kind of uncomfortable because I'm like, listen, man, like I told you yeah. already. <laughs> so my coach is looking through the – Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. in the gym. So he's looking through the glass uh, window. So he sees, like, I look over at him like, Yo, come get, get yeah. Help! Like, I'm trying to be polite. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm pushing. So he opens the door, comes in, and uh, he's like, "Hey, Thomas, you can go back to, to to class." So as I walk back to class, I hear boom, and I turn around and look, and he's kicked the door open. Oh, he mad at you, Todd Grantham? Yeah, Todd Grantham. So uh, <laughs> you know, I went back. <laughs> Say that. Oh, he probably uh, wished you the worst. He was uh, like, "I yeah. hope you take your ACL, you uh, little yeah, motherfucker." Yeah, oh yeah, no, seriously, he <laughs> That's was messed. Up, man. It's crazy yeah. though, because like in his mind though, that like, that could like cost him his job. You know, what I mean, if he can't land like certain recruits, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. You know? But also, you're True. like, pretty, your your shit is based off what a 17 year old kid's gonna do. And you know well, what I mean? yeah, like, you need yeah. to learn, learn yeah. to communicate yeah. with a 17 exactly. Yeah, being pushy yeah. is not the way. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, and then the, I mean, if I'm falling asleep and you know, yeah, meeting, I mean, that kind of lets you know. Yeah, it's pretty much a red flag. You right know, there. I'm not interested. That, that was a pretty stressful process. Luckily for me, though. I did narrow it down to Notre Dame, and the, the most stressful part really was just having to uh, tell them no. But it was a great, great experience, and I mean, Virginia was incredible experience. For real? Oh, man, it was just, it was How so was the treatment? Fun. I always wanted to know, like, you know, was the treatment, though, because I'd be thinking about with Joe Burrow. Like, he won a championship and then had to go to school. Yeah. It's like, yeah, how yeah. do you walk through those doors 
not a, a regular student. Like, yeah. were you a regular student or like? Did you um, well, well, for me, I you know my family situation. Um, you know, in my mind, it was you know I had to make it to the NFL. You know, my mo- my mother. Just a little background on my family. You know, my mother and father were coal miners. And okay. um, my, my father worked underground and was laid off because that's the biggest industry in my area is, is coal mining. And uh, he couldn't get back in. Um, and my mom went in with him at the same time. And she agreed to work one year because he didn't want her to go in there. Uh, but she agreed he let her go one year because it's dangerous. Um, but she ended up working 19. Oh, wow. What? So she ended up working 19 all through through the pregnancies, through the babies. Uh, she ended up working 19 years. Yo, that's and, solid. Uh, you got a solid so, uh, ass mama. So, yeah. You big know, ups, and, uh, big ups. So, you know, and um, so, you know, for me, it was more so about getting, you know, her out of the, the coal mines. And then in my area, there's not that many opportunities, you know, for minorities. You know, there's mm-hmm. just not that many opportunities. So it was very hard for my dad. You know, he had to do this and do this, you know, and did what he had to do. So in my mind, you know, it was a different experience than my friends. You know, when I was in high school, I took physics and English and um, I already had a plan. You know, listen, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go to UVA. They told me they're going to let me play my rookie, my freshman year. And in my mind, I'm coming out my junior year and I'm getting drafted so I can get my mother out of the coal mine. So mm-hmm. I didn't have that college mm-hmm. party Okay. It was like, yo. Hyper focused. Yeah. Ooh, you, ooh. You know what I mean? It Let was me like, hear your brain. You know, it's like. Uh, I be tripping. I be getting fucked up. I know. Yeah. No, I mean, I had my fun. But, I mean, but you must have, yeah. But it was controlled. Mm-hmm. Because in my mind, it was like, you know, this has to happen. I still have four younger siblings at home, you know, um, and the house that they're living in, you know. Doesn't have AC, there's rats, there's, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just the environment that I grew up in because, you know, I'm from a small part of Virginia where there's just like economically, it's just not really thriving like that. And you have my mother working in the coal mines from 12 a.m. to 8 a.m., and my father working here and there where he, he, can, he can get work. Um, so it was a serious thing for me. So when I went to college, I already had 13 credits. So what I did was I said I'm going to graduate in three years, so I already have my degree. So I took 12 hours during the fall so I could focus on football. Then I took 21 in the spring. I loaded up, took six classes. And then in summertime, instead of taking two classes, I took four. So I'd have Oh, my God. You went to summer school? Yeah, you got to. I mean, you don't have to, but, like, they keep you on campus so you keep working out and stuff. Well, a lot of guys went to summer school because, like, we were up there training, like he said. Mm -hmm. But, you know, most guys would take one class each session, and they would probably take Try to take it. In Virginia, there's no easy classes. It's, you know, UVA, yeah. you know, really, really, it's really, really, really respected school. school. But um, the easier classes. And I majored in psychology, so um, I took six credits the first session, six to second. So that was basically like another semester. So after my third year, I graduated already. And um, fortunately, I made all, all conference. You know, I led the ACC in rushing and, and touchdowns. And um, I had a second round uh, draft grade, late second round so i was ready to come out and uh declare early because you know my family Mm -hmm. um but one of the guys uh at virginia said hey listen you know your draft status will go up if you stay one more year and you have a great year um we can take out an insurance policy um and you know so i thought about it and was like you know basically hopefully you guys can hold on one more year and i took out an insurance policy a million dollar insurance policy in case something happened that i couldn't play anymore okay and uh, i never heard of that ever yeah. a lot of athletes do that in college yeah yeah, yeah take out yeah if you have a high, high draft status you, you you know 
you can qualify for um, insurance insurance policy. Wow, you learned something every day. Called Lloyd's of London. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the company, and so fortunately for me, my fourth year, um, my my senior year in Virginia, we say first year, second year, third year. So my my, my senior year, uh, I was in graduate school. But I, I ended up rushing for over 1,800 yards, second in the country in, in, in rushing. And then I was a first-team consensus All-American and a first-team All-Conference again. Um, Doak Walker, Ward finalist, all of those things. And um, and I didn't need the insurance policy, and I was drafted seventh overall in the draft. That's what I'm saying. Like, so. did you know that was coming? Because I watch so many of these draft stories. I be some, I be in tears sometimes. Like, yeah. your boy Connor, yeah. had, had a steal, it's called him, because he just kept waiting round after round after yeah. round after round, and it was just, just getting down to needle and thread. And he was just so emotional when he got that yeah. call, because I don't think he knew. Yeah. But did you know? Like, were you sitting up there like, oh. Well, I, well going into my senior year, um, I was the fourth overall prospect. So so already already in my mind, I knew like, okay, Edron James had come out, Ricky Williams had come out. Mm-hmm. So the next group of running backs was me and Ron Dane and, and, and you know, like so there were like this this Sean Alexander's mashup of other guys. And um so I already knew the my potential to be a first round draft pick just because the other backs that were ahead of me were gone. But then you still have to put the, the, the work in. And so over the course of the season, because I was in graduate school and I only had like two classes, I was able to go on a computer each week and then look at like Mel Kuyper's All right. uh, mm-hmm. prospects. And it would just alternate like every week based off of the, the type of game you had. So I consistently throughout my senior year, because I had such a good year, stayed in the top 10, you know, prospects. And then towards the end of the season, you know, I would, be three yeah. or I would be two or I'd be five or yeah. I'd be, you know it would fluctuate so I had an idea but that doesn't mean like once the season's over then it's a whole nother season okay. with with the combine, combine. workouts yeah. and, and and all that kind of stuff so once I got to uh, the end of the season um, I was rated the number one running back in the, in, in the draft um, and um, I, I knew then wow you know I have a chance because then you start looking at the teams and who the teams need yeah, mm-hmm. and I knew that Baltimore had the fifth pick. They needed a running back. I knew, um, but then you don't know who's going to trade up to get you. So it was, it was, it was, it was stressful, you know. But I was fortunate enough to know, like I didn't play in the Senior Bowl um, because I didn't want to take a chance on getting hurt. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, after. I didn't yeah. work out at the combine. I was able to say I'm have my own pro day, and all the scouts came to my pro day. So, so I was fortunate enough to to have that. That's but dog shit right there. But you know what's crazy is that the during those times at the draft there was only five prospects invited so it wasn't this big 30 people it wasn't the show it was top five projected picks and so no just the the five the top five uh projected picks in the order that they think the teams will take them oh okay so um my scene my my draft the first team was cleveland the redskins had the next two picks the third team was uh the bengals and the fifth team was baltimore so I was at – it was um, Peter Warwick, Courtney Brown, Chris Samuels, LeVar Arrington, and, and me because those – that's the okay. order. So I was supposed to go to Baltimore at five. I'm from Virginia. They need a running back. All so, right. You know, so I was supposed to go to, to, to Baltimore at five. So as the draft, I wasn't nervous because I was like, I'm yeah, here. I know I'm getting yeah. drafted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I'm going five. I'm going to be in Baltimore. I'm going to be home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be and, in D.C. Like, woo, 
bruh. You had to go all the way with it because it was Arizona, right? Well, they drafted everyone in the right order. But when it came to the fifth pick, you know, my phone didn't ring. Because I'm watching everyone else's phone uh-huh. ring and they're getting up. And then, yeah. so I'm like, I'm next. Now, I'm at this point, I'm the, the only one back there. Because everybody else is picked. You know, yeah. Pete, Pete, Peter uh, Ward, Pete's going for LeVar and, 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 and Chris Simmons. They're probably already on a helicopter back to, to D.C. Yeah. To the Redskins. Like, Courtney Brown already had his deal done before the draft already. Yeah. So, Courtney, yeah, like so Courtney already knew he was going yeah. to the Browns. So, I was the last one. So, Baltimore's on the clock. Paul Tagliabue, blah, blah, blah. You know, the Baltimore Ravens on the clock. And I'm like. Chilling like, <laughs> so I'm looking around. <laughs> like, this is it. And then all of a sudden, gets a little nice, bit the yeah. clock. I'm looking at it like, I'm phony. I'm looking at my agent, look at Tom Condon. I'm like, you know, he's just standing there. And then this panic comes over me because I'm like, yo, what's something's not right? So I'm like, maybe they're just not gonna call me. Maybe they want to surprise. I'm thinking anything. <laughs> <Yeah. you know? laughs> I'm, like, I'm hoping they want to surprise me because I knew the next team that needed a running back was Arizona. Yeah. And the running joke throughout the whole combine and like the uh, all uh, all American banquets and all that stuff between the running backs was no one wanted to go there because they were just so bad and it was like a graveyard for running backs. So no, no so it was like you going to Arizona? No, you going? You going? You know, yeah. that type oh, of thing. Damn. So Baltimore didn't pick me. Who they, Baltimore at the, ended at the up fifth on? pick? Because at the fifth pick, the Baltimore Ravens select Jamal Lewis. Oh, running back, University of Tennessee. Now I'm like, so the next pick is Philly. But they have Deuce Staley. They have uh, a couple other backs. So yeah, I'm like, but I'm back. like, well, you know, I'm the next best prospect. Sometimes teams draft off prospect, not what they need. So I'm like, maybe Philly will draft me. And the sixth pick comes up, and, you know, they pick Corey Simon, defensive tackle oh, for Florida yeah. State. So now seven's up. So now oh, this is de- I'm dead serious. I'm like, I hope they just bypass me, get someone else so I can go. That's how bad I didn't want to go there. Oh, oh man. Bruh. Because I, I, you understand, in my mind, there's no way I'm going there. I'm going five. Yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping my phone doesn't ring, and it does. And I look at a 602 area code, and it's uh, Bill, uh, I don't even know, Vince Tobin. I think that's his name. I can't remember his coach's name. Vince Tobin and uh, Bob Ferguson, general manager. And they're like, hey, this is da-da-da-da. Uh, we're out here in Arizona. Um, you know, <laughs> are you ready to be a cardinal? Oh God! Uh, you, what did you? <laughs> it was the most bittersweet moment of my life because it's like I've been waiting for this my whole life, and I'm going to a team that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And in a, a whole other part of the country, I've never left Virginia. Like I've been in New York. I'm, I've never left the East Coast. Yeah. Besides playing football, so of course I'm like in my family, my sisters. You know, my brother couldn't come. He had a, he had a spring game because he was at Notre Dame. And my grandma's there, and, and 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 it's like this moment, and everybody's looking, and my sisters are like, you know, so happy, and and, and it was like was just bittersweet. So I'm like, I'm happy, mm-hmm. but then I'm like, so then he's like, you know, seventh pick, you know, Arizona Cardinals like running back Thomas Jones, University of Virginia, and I'm happy because I'm like, wow, like mission accomplished, yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm on the stage, and you know, and I'm like, but then reality set in at right afterwards because they wanted me to fly out that night. And I was like, uh, nah, I can't. I got to go back to Virginia. I'm having a draft party. <laughs> you know? I would have so, the same thing. So we already started off. Because I'm like, I just didn't have any respect for yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. what they were doing. Yeah, because of all the things I had heard. So, you know, I flew out the next day. 
and uh, landed at midnight, drove to the um, hotel. I couldn't see anything. I just know that when I walked out of the, out of the airport, it felt like somebody was making mic- uh, macaroni and they pulled up. The oven, oh, oh, oh my heat. god! Yeah, Just, yeah. It, it, I was like, "What is?" Yeah, it's dry. <laughs> so then the next it's morning, dry. I woke up, I opened the <laughs> curtains, and I thought I was like in a Wiley Coyote cartoon. Oh man! Everything brown, cactus. I'm like, what? is this like i felt like i was on the moon or I something yeah bro. so it just was like from there it just was because you downhill. wasn't there for very long three years i signed a four-year deal so, and I was so like uh what, what so did 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 your relationship and chemistry with that organization build from what you thought previously to how you left no and i think it was a mixture of both of us it was because they were very cheap and 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 they didn't want to spend money to support the high draft selections number one um, and then number two, um, my mindset when I when I was there was the countdown to get out. Mm-hmm. So wow. so so for example, usually when you're drafted that high, you 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 sign a deal no less than five years. Okay. No less than five years. Not not a top ten pick. Like no, you're a lottery pick. You're gonna at least get five six year deal. Okay. And uh, I was hoping that I would go through like con- a contract dispute. So I wouldn't have to be there. Because in my mind, I was literally saying, okay, training camp starts in July. Season's over in December. Like, that's how I was. Then I can be back here. That's how much I didn't want to be there. And so I told my agent, they want to do a five-year, blah, blah, blah. They want to give me a couple hundred thousand extra or whatever. And I was like, no, I don't want to do five, do four. And he was like, so you want to take less money? I said, yeah. So I took less money so I didn't have to be there as long. Mm -hmm. But it helped me on the back end because after the first three years, that were just – up and down, good moments, flashes, then disaster, and flashes, then disaster. And it, it was just terrible. My third year, I ended, after my third year, I ended up getting traded to Tampa, and that left me with one year on my deal. So I had one more shot because they labeled right. me as a bust, and you're terrible, and he's, you know, this and that, and, and all negativity. Mm-hmm. And I had one year at Tampa with John Gruden to actually see what I was going to do. And I was fortunate enough to have a great season. And then I became the crazy thing is I went from being a first round bust to being the number one free agent running back yes. again. Very yeah, because it, isn't it different in this? Because all the coaches have different systems, correct? So yes. did you just like you fit better in a Tampa system? Um, the the culture was there it was it was okay. different. It felt like football. Where's the South? Let's 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 let's. Well, I mean, well, it was just like a legendary coach. Yeah, I mean, course. it's just more of like uh, winning is in their DNA. Well, the players like too. To like, yeah, I mean. In Arizona, you know, the, the culture is like they weren't used to winning. You know what I'm saying? And, and the guys that they brought in, they lost every year, so they always had top picks. It wasn't the talent. They just couldn't mesh the coaches and the talent. And because they're cheap, they brought in a lot of older players that were just washed up. So you got me as a seventh pick in the draft as a running back, you know, and then you, but then you go get a lineman that's been in the league 13 years that's you know, on his last leg. Oh, like, my gosh. Trying okay. to get one more check. So, you yeah. see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and then, or you go get a, a whole defense full of 10, 11-year veterans that are like dinosaurs. They can't tackle. You know, they can't. I mean, so I'm on offense. Our defense is they can't stop anyone. So the time of possession is lopsided. I don't have the ball. I don't have a chance to make a play. And when I do have it, then when I'm, when I'm on offense, Y'all pass there's, there's no way to run. Yeah, and then I'm rushing because I'm like I have to do something. I don't know when I'm get the ball again. You know what I mean? So it's just this like is there's so many elements to the NFL that people don't understand that are just watching it, and that's why it's been interesting being retired and maybe being at a bar or something, and you hear overhear conversation, and and you just hear people talk 
because a lot of people don't even know I played. You know, they know me as what I'm doing now, but they don't know that I played. So they're having a conversation, and I'm just kind of listening. It's like, and before it would be irritating just to listen, but now it's more entertaining because it's kind of like, wow, you really don't know what you're talking about. Say what the coaches yeah. should do and who yeah. they should drive yeah, you and really like, like wow, okay. like you know, but but okay. but yeah, but that's what happened in Arizona. But when I went to Tampa, I mean, they just won the Super Bowl. You know, you got. Warren Sapp there. You've got Ronde yeah. Barb, who I know from Brooks. college. And you have three other players from Arizona that's there. Simeon Rice, oh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Pittman, yeah. who I played with. So it's like these Arizona guys. So it's like it was a perfect mix of people that I was familiar with and a new culture of winning and high expectations. And that's what I've been used to my whole life. Yeah. High school, college, that mm-hmm. expectation. That was football. The Arizona Cardinals yeah. wasn't football. You wasn't the bus. They were the bus. Yeah. Yeah. In my in my mind, I was well, the bus because of the lack of production, but I but I don't think necessarily I was put in a position there you go. to produce. Yes, yeah, because you get, you get a seven round pick. You th- this is the time to let him go out there and wow out. Yeah, well, you have to spend you have to spend money. You know what I mean? And that's the thing about the NFL. You know, most teams are about their all teams are about their bottom line in some capacity but you have to spend money. You know what I'm saying? Like you know you it's like you can't you, you get a new pair of shoes but you got on old clothes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like like, <laughs> yeah. like that's for what? Oh, not old clothes, but old dirty clothes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, one, one, that's that's a comparison. One player that got paid I've that got paid for real for real and he balled out this was Michael Thomas. I've 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 seen a whole bunch of players get paid and don't and don't measure up to what they getting paid. He went out well, there and balled out. I was proud of him this year. Yeah, I mean when it, a lot of it is positioning, you know, like I said, mm-hmm. it's it's you know, you look at the player, you know, if you're a receiver and you don't, uh, you don't have a good quarterback. You know, um, it's going to be hard. And, yeah. and and if you don't have a decent running game, then all they they, all they can just double cover you, double play double coverage. Um, same thing with a running back. You know, if you have a great running back and you don't have any type of passing game, and your defense can't stop anyone, then you you, you can't get the ball. So there's there's a lot of things that determine the success of a player. And people obviously look at the money because it's so much money, but you know, the the mechanics of it. They don't see. They just see. Okay. Well, you got a hundred million dollar contract. You're supposed to. That's like, well, no. That's that's not logical. You know okay. what I mean? It, it it makes sense. You from a production, you think he's supposed to produce at that level because of the money, but he still has to be in a position to produce yeah. at that level. You know. I um, dig that. Sean Payton put that boy in position. All right, Sean. With your yeah, you were kind of yeah. lucky too because you got out right before like the fantasy football boom. So yeah, people really I still could don't be. know what that is because people like they really is. just like look at like either. the bottom line stats and determine like a player's worth off of that. And yeah, it's just like nah, there's so much more that goes into playing yeah. running back in the NFL than just rushing yards and touchdowns. You know what I mean? Yeah, the mystique of the NFL is gone, but I think the mystique of everything is gone for the most part. You True know, that. Uh, I think the internet, um, social media, I think the fact that everyone has a voice, everyone is an expert. Um, you know, it's it's it's. You know, the mystique is not there because anybody can listen to anybody. Mm-hmm. Where back when I came in the league in 2000, people were dying to just know what happened in the locker room. Like, you know, there was no Twitter. There was no, I mean, fantasy football wasn't big. I, I mean, there wasn't even an NFL network. You know I mean? You had to, you had to really earn your respect. You know what I'm saying? You had to make plays. Like, you, you, if you were on primetime, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, with Chris Berman and, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you were, you were popping. Like, you were like, yo. You know, where now it's like you can be on anybody's Twitter feed. Anybody can come up with some page and get 200,000 followers. And now they, you know, um, so I am fortunate that I was able to come in at that time because I understood what the NFL stood for at that 
when it comes to football, not the business and political part, um, but but as far as the actual football and the the guts and glory of the game. All right. That, that's what I that's what I came into when I realized on my back end, um, year eleven, year twelve is when I was like, man, I just kind of, I kind of felt like the grandfather in the locker room because I'm just seeing the, the culture. It's completely shift, yeah. Because I know this is the end for me, and and so as I'm kind of watching what's going on, I'm like, dude's rapping in the locker. They on World Star. They tweeting, you know. And, you're, and you talking about your last year? My last few years, you know, when all that s- social media stuff started mm-hmm. coming out. You uh, know? you know, I, you know what I noticed. Uh, I don't know what that did. Yo, last year you had no fumbles. Did you know that? I don't think you no, didn't, didn't fumble. You didn't fumble a receiving pass, and you didn't fumble a handoff. And you no. played sixteen games. Yeah. How yeah, did I, what the fuck? Well, you know, because <laughs> I do arms and 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 uh, forearms. So I only, I think, I only had maybe out of. I had like twenty six hundred carries in my career in, in regular season games. I think I maybe only had, you know, ten, eleven fumbles, to maybe thirteen fumbles um, over the yeah. course of the career. Yeah, they had and seasons then, you had you know, one fumble, but this was the particular season I remember because you had zero. And yeah. I, don't, I don't think I've heard of running yeah. back that had zero. Yeah, I mean, I just focused on ball security. Um, and like I said, you know, earlier about the running backs that I used to like, I used to like the the consistent running backs that. You know, play all three downs. Yeah, and made plays. You know, and they didn't do all the extra crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, those aren't the backs that I watched growing up. I mean, you know, it's 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 the NFL. It's entertainment. But I just like the backs that just got it done, like Barry and mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. some of these other oh, backs. Oh man, that just I'm got all Barry. You know man, what I'm saying? Bro. Like Always. Walter, they got it done, man. They, and they just truly enjoyed the game. They played for the love of the game and the competition. And that's what I that's how I grew up and that's how I played the game throughout my whole career. Um and so now, like I said, to see the game, you know, for what it is, I get it, you know, it's an evolution process. Yeah. You know? I mean, just like everything in the world, you know, the world's spe- speeding mm-hmm. up and it's, and it's picking up, so you gotta keep up. But I'm glad that I, I was able to experience um the NFL for <clears throat> what 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 it really stood for um in, in the early two thousands. And then be able to compete like no, last year, like you said, you know, I was nominated for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and I looked at the list of running backs, and I'm like, man, like these guys, we used to battle it out every year for the rushing title, for Pro Bowls, you mm-hmm. know, whoever the top six are, you know. So we, every, and, and the cool thing about it is we all trained together in the offseason. Yeah. So it was literally like a brotherhood. You yeah. Know? We trained together. There was no animosity. There was no, like. You really are rooting you know, for other dudes. Yeah. You know, it's like because we know how hard that position is. We know how hard we train. Um, but That's we're fighting. Of- but we fighting for them top six spots. Oh yeah, you, you want to you want to get to Hawaii. <laughs> I, I, I see the love that I see all the hostility during the season, and then I see Pro Bowl. I'm like, man, these dudes really like yeah. each other. Yeah. It's a brotherhood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, even after the game. You know, and, that, and that's that's the hard thing, you know, when you transition is, you know, we have an on and off switch and and you know That's you, good. You, and you have to, but some guys, you know, depending on the situation, don't know how to we don't have a some guys don't have a dimmer. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, yep. you, you have it's, it's an on or off. And and I was like that when I played, you know, um, after the game, even in the locker room, you know, a linebacker could be one of my good friends is locking next to me. We're, you know, putting our pads in our pants and like, you know, talking and laughing and joking each other and, and it's all love, whatever. But, you know, as soon as, you know, I got a white jersey on, you have a green jersey on. Oh, yeah. The Jets. Let's go, Tom. Defense, you on that side, we're on this side. Okay. We already know on the schedule we have one on one pass protection and we have inside drill so 
I mean, it's nothing personal against you, but you know, if you come across the line, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna try to. I'm, yeah, yeah. Like, Knock your head off. Yeah, like that's that's <laughs> not even, yeah, straight up. Though. Yeah, that's not <laughs> even a question. Like that's not. It's not like All right. you know. I'm gonna be. It's like yo, I don't know you. I I don't know you, not nor do point. I care about. No, I don't. I don't. I don't care about you at all. You know. Yeah, and he just thinks the same thing because. But, and that's just practice. Yeah. That's yeah. Just, exactly. Yeah, that's just practice. But then after practice, you know, it's. Oh yeah, you try to cheat my. No, I didn't. You know. It's, yeah. So yeah. I say it's an on and off switch because if you just be. look, you thinking like. Um, but that's one thing that I do miss about football is that that environment. Um, it's a very irrational. It's a very irrational oh, yeah. environment. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's, it's hard for people to wrap their head around um, that type of mentality. You know, because all sports obviously are competitive, but 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 football and fighting. You know, boxing, MMA, football, where you're literally just you know physically assaulting each other, and then after the yeah. game and after the fight. It's like, you know, how that's a totally different type of mindset to have. Oh, I know. You know? You in there by yourself. You ain't this ain't no no team losing effort if you lose. No. You nah. got you you got knocked the fuck out. You know, well in football, <laughs> I mean it's certain plays. Especially stuff like inside drilling, like one on one. Well you get out there in like, football, yeah. it's one on one, it's literally being like in battle. I mean, it's one on one battles. That's all it is. It's one on one battles. You know, the lineman. If you're a nose, if you're a center, you have to block the nose. If you're a tackle, you have to block the end. If I'm a running back, I have to block the mic. I have to block the Sam. I have to mm-hmm. block the uh, the uh, corner, free safety back corner. Yeah, back whoever safety. coming. Yeah, but it's one on one. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, you know, it could be two or three people hitting you at one time, but the assignments are one on one. What was your? What was your? Do you remember your hardest hit? Like. Somebody that just knocked the wind out you or uh, knocked you out. like, <laughs> and, did, and did you get up like, ah, but you know you got hurt? I know you got to <laughs> pretend to get up like everything's okay, but deep down you know. <laughs> I, listen, I can't count on it. I can't. There's too many times to count where I was stoned, stunned, but you just, you know, it's like sharks in water. You smell, you smell blood. Yeah. yeah. You know, because we smell blood. You know, I've gotten destroyed. Several, t- I mean, and by l- the cornerbacks, smaller guys hit you the hardest sometimes because they're coming so fast. Yeah. So, and they hit you when you're not looking most of the time. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, if, if you're looking, they'll try to tackle you a different way. You know, especially me, I played, I was 230. I was big. You know, I was short 5'10", but I was big and I ran big. So if a cornerback is in my way or the safety, I mean, safeties are big, but usually corners, um, they go for your legs. So, you know, I'm always looking to dip my shoulder. But then I played in the era with, you know, safeties like Sean Taylor, rest in peace, Roy Williams, Donovan Darius, uh, Rodney Harrison, Darren Woodson, Ed Reed. Ed Reed was a hitter, but I mean, Ed Reed wasn't like he was like known, a playmaker. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't a he wasn't known as a hitter. When I say a hitter, I mean like you have to know where he is before. Like I come out of huddle, yeah. I'm like, where's Roy? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, because um, I know that I'm going this way. And he's coming this way, 30-yard sprint. You know what I'm saying? So whenever we'd run, I'd much rather, I'd much rather run to him than away from him because that's just more speed he has to, to catch you slipping on the other side. Oh, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm or like I said, Rodney Harrison, Darren Woodson, Sean Taylor. Um, I mean, the Hit list us. goes Ugh. on and on. I mean, these these dudes are 230, you know, 225, safety, 6'2", 6'3". Um, their linebackers are safety. You know what I'm saying, and and um, it's a pretty scary world, man. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, obviously you're not scared of him, but you're not stupid. You're aware. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's like, oh, he's he's here. And the same thing with them. 
they know, you know, with me, you know, or, or back like me. Or Maurice Jones Drew, who like short, squatty. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, sleep on him. You know what I'm saying? He'll decleat you. He'll decleat whoever Roy was. Oh, yeah. Does, I like know, that guy. You know, like backs like us are like small mm-hmm. and, and explosive. So if you come in high and I have leverage on you, then I'm going to send you flying. So it's, it's it, like I said, the NFL then was more so, a, to me, I mean, obviously it's, it's competition regardless what era it's in, but it was so much more about the on-the-field battles as opposed to the extra conversation and the, you know, nobody was nobody was talking trash like that, really, if you think about it. Like some, some teams, you know, w- would talk in the media, but it's like we got to strap them up. So no matter what you say. Yeah. It was all about the game at that at that time. What was oh, your, for, oh uh, my bad. Nah, oh, no. You, I just had a question, yeah. Me too. Uh, <laughs> we in your business. I'm like, I want to know everything you <laughs> no, talk about. I just so think true. about from, like, the time you uh, you were playing to, like, now the running back position has changed so much. Like, y'all are really, like, the last generation of, like, downhill runners to me. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so much stuff now is, like, zone and so much uh, emphasis on getting the running backs involved in the passing game. Y'all is just, like, so much more power runs. You know what I mean? I haven't heard, like, anybody use the term blast. I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Describing the run and play. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think... I think the running – just look at the teams that are that are winning, you know. They they can run the ball, you know. Um, and then look at the backs in the league. Like, I think there's a misconception, too, about running backs in the running game because you have a lot of running backs that are running for, you know, the same amount of yards that we were. You know, I mean, you've got, you know, your uh, – uh, uh, what's his name? Ezekiel Elliott's and your, your uh, Christian McCaffrey's and, um, you know – not this year, I know, but you, you, perennial guys like, you know, Todd Gurley and Nick Chubb and, um, you know, uh, the guy from uh, um, Derrick Henry. You've got backs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think teams have gotten a little more creative, and I think it's gotten a lot of teams in trouble because they don't have an identity. Um, in the NFL, if you can't run the ball, you're not going to win. Even nah. the Patriots. People say, well, the Patriots, no, the Patriots run the ball. Yeah. They run four plays. Yeah. You know, they run inside zone, they run toss, they run outside zone, they run power. But they run four plays, and they run them well. From different um, formations. Yeah, and they and because what it, what running the ball does is it just it, it demoralizes a defense and humiliates a defense, like what Derrick Henry was doing. They got nine, ten in the box. Ooh. Doesn't matter. He's finding a crack, and he's getting three, four, five yards, and then bam. Then the fourth quarter, they're tired of hitting him, and then boom, now he breaks an 80-yard order. Mm-hmm. Then that's – that's that was I agree with you was the old school football mentality. But then you still had teams like the Bills with Thurman Thomas and 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 the Rams with Marshall Falk. Yep. You know you still had backs then. I think it's just kind of in a different. It's just, it's it's like it's it's similar, but it's just in a different package. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I don't really watch the NFL that much anymore, just because you know. I, um, I did it for so long, and and then just some of the political stuff that I that I don't agree with, and um, and then just the nature of the game now, just you know, just doesn't really do much for me because I think there's just too many other storylines that I don't care about. Yeah, you know, are you just want to watch football if you're going to watch it? Uh, um, well, I mean, when it comes to like the players and their cleats and their that type, yeah, of stuff, yeah, you know, it's like you I don't know, care. It's like you know, you got you got you know. M&M's on your cleats like I don't care about you know what I'm saying like, mm-hmm. um, but but no when it comes to the run, running running game um, I think the NFL teams still run the ball I just think that you know with fantasy football like you said earlier which you're right it's changed the narrative and I think it's really hurt 
the value of the players because, you know, if you have a bad game, well, not a bad game, but say you rush for 70 yards and no touchdowns and you win a big divisional game, big divisional game to put you in a position to, to go to the playoffs, mm-hmm. and then guys are saying, oh, he's terrible. <laughs> so you're not thinking we're, about we're, the pass protection? You aren't just Nothing about else. anything. Yeah. You, you know, we're back when I was in the league, it was people paid attention to that. You know, mm-hmm. they knew that the Steelers hadn't, you know, were giving up 30, uh, 40 yards or 50 yards a game rushing and, you know, you had 80. Or the the Steelers, you know, I had 100 yards, 101 yards and no touchdowns, but the Steelers hadn't given up, given up a 100-yard rusher in 30 games. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you would know those things because those little specific details matter, but now – they matter to the teams, but I think just to the outside world, they they really don't don't care that much about that kind of stuff anymore. In, in your time, I got we refereeing, so I have to ask this question: Who do you re- remember the name of the ref that you hated the most? And uh, any call, like <laughs> you know, I I got I got a favorite ref and I got a ref that I hate. I got two because uh, they are pieces. Of sh- some of them pieces of shit and some of them good. And uh, and your most controversial call where you was like, really? Are you serious? Um, well, you know, I was one of those players that try to be cool with the refs. And um, Ed Hockerley, the ref, he had one with the big arms. Yep. Oh, Lawyer. Yeah. His son's a ref now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he refed a lot of our games. So when I would always go find him and, you know, flex with him. You know, and that helps because a lot of times I'm leaning, and especially away game, I can't hear anything. And, you know, it's loud and I'm leaning before the ball step, anticipating I might jump off sides and he may be leaning, Jones, you're leaning with someone else who may just throw the flag. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, sweet. You know, um, one, his name, the referee, uh, I, I, did, I wouldn't say I hated him. His name was uh, Brown. What was his name? Um, oh, black guy, had big, big, big black glasses. I think he passed away. Um, oh, because I was about his to name say, was, not uh, Jerome, huh? His <laughs> name was uh, Brown. His last name was Brown. Um, we going to find him. Yeah, you, yeah. he, he was uh, – um, type in NFL referee uh, Brown. And, and Shit, my phone is on air. He, he cost us so many games. Um, and really? He would, and he would get in the way. Yeah. So I'm running like pass routes, and he because he was kind of big and like not mobile at all. Yeah, yeah. So he couldn't get out of the way. Uh, he had glasses. He had big glasses. Let's see. Um, Let's go to images and find this guy. <laughs> yeah, big glasses. What year was that? This was. Uh, we got Jerome. Jerome, my favorite referee. What's his last name? Jerome Butler. He my favorite because no, no, not him. Jerome, my favorite because he don't really be knowing what be going on. <laughs> oh, I know exactly. Jerome, <laughs> Jerome be sitting up there like what? <laughs> Who did it? Oh, oh. I gotta call it oh, right. Yeah. It's me. It's up to, and then he go up there. and He be like, all right, offsides. Uh-huh. Um, oh yeah. I he think just, it was. Yeah. Uh, what was it? I'm, I'm just yeah, he just let up everybody there, figure Jerome, it out. <laughs> he let he just let he just like, just know we moved it yeah. five yards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> he let everybody figure it out. Then Jerome, don't be knowing what he's doing. I love him. He's so ghetto and stupid. Um, but that referee was the one that I would be like, come on, bro, like get it together. Terry Brown. Um, no. Um, that wasn't him. No, that wasn't him. Oh damn! Um, Did you just type in black refs with glasses? Oh, all right, I could type that. <laughs> Well, um, but the one referee that I loved was uh, David Boston's father was a was a referee. Oh, really? And he that. saved me a couple times. Uh, one play in particular, fumble. I fumbled. <laughs> Point for <break>, yeah. <laughs> you. Yeah, 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 I fumbled. I, I fumbled, and uh, 
you know, I was cool with him because me and David Boston were on the same team. Mm, back in there, so, yeah. And so we were friends, and I was cool with the, his father, and he saved me uh, on the real on the fumble. And it was a crucial part in the game. Um, was it Chad Brown? Yes. <laughs> Chad Brown. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Chad Here we go. Brown. Good looking, Dave. Chad, Chad Brown. Brown. Yeah, I think he might have passed away. Rest in peace. Um, oh, but, yeah. Uh, I got to see this guy. But, um, yeah, Chad. Chad used to be. Oh, this guy. Yeah. Oh, he looked like he'll mess your whole day up. <laughs> yeah, Chad. And Chad, what thing about Chad is Chad didn't care. <laughs> he got goggle oh, yeah. glasses yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chad yeah. didn't care what you said. <laughs> You would you would talk. It was oh, like talking man. to Chad was like just you know talking to yourself because he he wouldn't even look at you, <laughs> bro. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, he wouldn't yeah. even look he at. He looked you. like my uncle Cedric, bro. This is so funny. <laughs> his name should be Cedric. <laughs> I mean, in the way he's tripping, he's falling over. He's just, I mean, just call anything. And you know, he cost us a game in San Francisco in '08 when I was with the uh, Jets and uh, that one game in particular, and we needed to win like three of our last four games to go to the playoffs and win the division. And we bombed and lost them. And he, and we lost a close game to San Francisco at San Fran because of a terrible call. He made one call. He didn't call. He called a holding on a kickoff return that we had. And in another call, he called like a, something he called in the end of the game. Something that you just don't call. Yeah, at you that just, point. You, yeah, you just let, so, you let the guys play. I'm so glad we're talking about this. So with that being said, don't, don't you give me no shit for this, okay? So with that being said, do you believe in – Conspiracy theories in football. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she a Saints fan, bro. They think every single oh, yeah. week something going on. Oh, because on. of the Vikings and the uh, the, no, the, the, no. the Rams. No. Okay, first of all, okay, I always think that they want they 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 I I kind of think they already know who they want to be in the Super Bowl before the season starts. No. Mm, they, it's impossible. But it's like you, because you have to think of the number because of the way the referees be calling the games, like with Chad Brown. It's like, bro, seriously. And when the Saints had that that Rams thing, oh they called the he that come on that was that was they were they really didn't want us to go to Atlanta. I think it's like anything else, you know. People are going to make mistakes, and you know when the that pre- wasn't when, a but, but when the, but when the pressure's on, some people fold. Yeah. It's like players, you know what I'm saying? Like the you ref have, you was have about a, to pull a flag you know, out, and other ref was like, "Don't do it." Because, I was like, "What?" <laughs> I mean, I'm not because a lot of. I mean, that's, you got to understand how hard it is to be a referee, right? You know what I'm saying? You the, the coaches are yelling at you the whole game, the fans are booing at you the whole game, the players are yelling at you the whole game. You can't win regardless of whatever you do. You know what I'm saying? And if you're a home, if if you're on the home team, it's a natural instinct to be like, "Well, I don't want." I don't want to piss them off. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Um, Got so, eighty thousand people so yelling at you. So it's like, yeah, it's. I mean, they always now, pit, now, they always do it in our house, though. <laughs> I, I mean, and that's a hard place to play. So it's it's it's, it's so all good. But so. but no, the refs are terrible. You know what I'm saying. I think I, I think that across the board, everyone will say the refs are terrible when they don't give you your call. Um, what I don't like about the refs is you know. But it's not the pros, the college. I can't stand college referees. Like, just the way that they – it's almost like they've become the new celebrity. You know, a, a kid scores a touchdown, and, you know, they do all this crazy, like, over-the-top so, so, uh, yeah. dramatic mm-hmm. stuff. And, and then, you know, the targeting. I get it. You want to protect players, you know. But it's very hard to not 
lead with your head as a football player because, you know, if you you don't just walk into a wall. If you know you're about to walk into a wall, you're not going to walk into the eyes. Yeah, you're going to. If you're jumping out a window, you're not going to jump out like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, with your chest. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, just thinking logically, you're going to be like, yo, like. That's football. You literally jumping into somebody, mm-hmm. you know. So I get it. They want to protect oh each God, other. Bro, if I see somebody jumping, in, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna die. What? That's the new way like attack. <laughs> chest first. Yeah, chest, chest first. And head face first. Matter of fact, <laughs> face first. I mean, you don't even see boxers do that. You know, they box. They you know they lower their head. I mean, it's so you know. I just think the targeting has really like you know, ruined, some of those calls have ruined the game. Um, yeah, I don't know, but but no, the refs. I definitely don't think that there's any conspiracy theories. I think that the, um, I think that would be a lot easier, uh, maybe in basketball than football. Okay, um, you know because you have less people in football. There's just too much going on. There's too much going on. You got 11 players on one end, 11 on the other end. You know, you got a line judge, you got an umpire, you got a field judge, you got you got so many different things that they have to call, and they're all specific. Yeah. And players are slick in the NFL. We're really slick. Like, if I have pass protection, I know how to hold you. You know, I know, for example, a guard, you know, or or Ray Lewis, for example, Ray makes all those tackles because he's got a nose tackle that as soon as the center or the guard comes up to block him, he just taking he, it with him. Uh-huh. He yeah. grows. No, uh, no, you're not going up there to get uh-huh. Ray. So now Ray just roaming like a shark. <laughs> yeah. <That's, laughs> he's just roaming. Yeah. yeah, because nobody can get to him. So now he's just, boom, downhill on you. So he make every tackle because the linemen are getting up on him. You know? Um, linemen are probably scared of Ray. He's creating so, his own Man's thing. game. Yeah. Well, nah, I mean, that's the thing about the NFL, man. Like, if you're out there, 99, 98% of the guys are scared of nothing in the world. Really? It's just that, 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 that type of energy is just to the max. Because no, because I'm looking at Ray as this. Everyone's looking at you as an opportunity to make a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. So if somebody can go knock Ray out, that's money in their account. Bro, I remember the time I watched Chad Ochocinco try to hit him in the end. Oh zone. my God, yeah, Ray yeah. knocked his ass yeah, yeah, out, yeah, yeah. and then he went to the sidelines like, "Man, I was trying to hit Ray, man. Ray ended up hitting me, bro." <laughs> Great, knock that boy yeah, out, boy. Yeah, he that did. was one of the best. Oh, but Ch- I had to give it up for Chad, man, because he, yeah, he, he had tried. Some he tried it. Yeah, he, he definitely tried, tried it. Yeah, he tried again. And, and, and he's only one ninety, is but you know Ray's like two fifty five, two fifty. Oh, Shot, uh, yeah. You know, so yeah, I saw that clip. It's on NFL film. Oh man, and he comes to the sideline. He said uh, something about a. Uh, I ch- something like yeah, I tried to take try to take Ray out of something. <laughs> he ended up taking um, me. Yeah. <laughs> But no, no, I mean, I think the referees obviously have a huge impact on the game, but I don't think that there's a conspiracy theories like the league says we have to have this team and this team and this team during each week, you know, because there's just too many plays to be made yeah. for for that to be the case. Because you know? a lot of people are saying, like, if Green Bay and Kansas make it to the Super Bowl this year, that's a state farm conspiracy. <laughs> oh, wow, I didn't put that together with Patrick right? Holmes. And, yeah. Right? Uh, that's crazy. But look, but speaking of Super Bowl, I you you got to tell me, about the Super Bowl experience and that whole week and what it was like and just like, were you nervous? Could you breathe? Were you uh, ready? Ah, uh, man. I mean, I was, it was like a dream come true, you know, after we won the NFC Championship game, unfortunately. It was okay. You know, we wasn't ready. Uh, y'all killed, I know, think y'all won by like 
20, 30 points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blowout, and you had like blowout. two touchdowns, hundred over hundred yards. Yeah. 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 It was it was it was I mean I mean it was tough at first, you know. They you guys came to play, you know, it was just just hard to play in Chicago and it started snowing, mm-hmm. it's cold and um, you know, I mean we're playing we're practicing in, you know, zero degree weather every day. So, you know, that was that was You guys are outside? You know. Mm-hmm. Um Do you practice outside too? Yeah, we practice outside. Oh cold. Jesus. Yeah, to get to get ready. It was ready. For the cold, um, it's an advantage. No, definitely, I would guess. Team, I think you know, y'all played the Colts, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Colts. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, in my mind, I was like, there's no way we're losing. I mean, it's just, you know, there's no way, especially on the day of the game when it just started raining on the way to the game. So I'm like, this is our game. We run the ball, Peyton throws. Let's get let's get to it. Um in my mind, I was like, man, I'm going for 200. Like, I'm thinking, what's the Super Bowl record? Yeah. Because it's like, this is the Super Bowl. Like, I've been waiting my whole life. A show out. To get, yeah. yeah. So it was no, like, nervous. It was none of that. It was, this is my shot for, like, immortality in the NFL. Um, and the majority of guys were ready to play. It's just, you know, we had too many turnovers. And, um, and we didn't capitalize off of theirs. And, and um and actually, know the clock runs out. That's the thing. What I what I remember the most about the week was just a blur because it was just so much fun. I live in Miami. It was in Miami. I mean, I was just having fun. Like you know, we go to practice and you know, like you know, it, it was just unbelievable. Like this is and it was weird because this is we're the only two teams left. Mm-hmm. So the two things I really was was weird to me was when I ran out on the field to not see um, the same logo in each end zone oh yeah that was weird because i had never been in a game like that usually it's an away game or home game i never i never played in a neutral game like that a bowl game okay. yeah but 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 that was you know i wasn't thinking like that that was years before so when i walked out and saw the bears aaron and colts it was like it reminded me of like tech mobile <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yo this is crazy like this is like tech mobile like i'm really in the tech mobile game and then the second thing i realized was just the game was over the game was over so fast, like the, the confetti was coming down, they were pulling the ropes out. Because every every play is so important and everyone's almost perfect on every play. So it, it's that's what happens when the playoffs. You know, you have you have preseason, you know, guys, I'm just trying to get through it. I don't want to get hurt. Third game of the preseason, I'll go hard, you know, to get ready, get in condition. So I'll be ready to go into the second half uh, of the regular season games. But I'm like, don't get hurt, don't get hurt, don't get hurt. Regular season starts, first game, boom, speed jumps because now everything counts, mm-hmm. yards, touchdowns, interceptions, whatever, counts now. And then you get to this middle phase in the season where it's like, okay, where are we in the season? Are we fighting for playoff contention? Do we have a shot? So then this pace picks up then. Then you get towards the end of the season for, like, the playoff run, and then it just goes to another level because what you're doing is you're so focused and the mistakes are limited now. By the time you get to the playoffs, each game just gets faster and faster and faster because every play you have to be super-duper focused and zoned in. And by that time, if you're that good of a team to make it, everyone's in sync. You have chemistry. you know. Um, so the game just flew by. Before I knew it, I was sitting in the locker room and Damn. it was like, what happened? Like, like we just lost the Super Bowl. Like, did it, really, it was all just such a – and it didn't really hit me until the next day. The next day was just like one of the worst days of my life when I woke up and was just like, wow, we lost us to Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, it was like a girlfriend that you've been with just like 
broke up with you and it was over. Like yeah. over, over. Yeah, yeah right. Like, like you've it's been like, going, damn, was she was serious this yeah. time? Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was just like, and you know it's over and you know, like, you can't get it back. You know what I'm saying? That's how, that's how uh, devastating it was for us. So devastating to this day. Like, I haven't watched the Super Bowl since. And, and almost so you haven't watched, you haven't watched not since? one. No. And I almost went to the Super Bowl with the uh, Jets, the one that you guys actually won against the Colts. They beat us in the AFC Championship. Oh, game. for real? And you guys, yeah, you guys, I was, you guys did us a favor and beat them in the Super Bowl. That I, was you year. know what? Yeah. Oh, those there are the Rex teams. Yeah. <laughs> you guys did us a favor and beat them because I did not, I didn't want, I didn't want to lose Peyton to win again. Um, but yeah, guys like Brian Erlacher might text me the day the game. Um, I'm usually going. I usually go to the gym because I know you know people are watching the game, so I go in the gym, get a workout in. And then kind of wait for it to like mm. a whole little wave of it to die down. Um, we'll text each other. Lack might hit me. Jason McKee, Olin Cruz. Like, how did we lose that game, man? How did we lose that game. I'm like, I don't know. Was it tight? I don't remember the score today. It game. was 29 17. We're oh, driving, okay. um, I think, with four minutes left or five minutes left, four minutes left. And we're down 22 17 after just terrible turnovers. You know, we had a fumble snap. We had a fumble kickoff return. Rex had an interception. I mean, and I'm like, but I'm like, we're driving. It's like four minutes left. I'm like, this is going to be one of those Super Bowl stories yeah. where we we score. Onside kick, turnover something. Yeah, well, well we would have gone up because mm-hmm. we were we were getting beat 22-17. Okay. Uh, mm. So we would have scored. If we scored a touchdown, you know, now we're up 25-22. You guys got an all-time defense. You know, yeah. Yeah, or, or you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, 20, yeah, 25-22 with a field goal. Um I mean, 24-22, unless we went for two. Then we could be up 25-20. But the thing is, we're up. Yeah. So now we're finally back up in the game. And then Rex throws a, you know. I was a, about to um, ask about Rex, man. You know, That's Rosman or something, right? Rex Roseman. Roseman? Yeah, yeah he, threw a, he threw a. um He's Florida. He threw a, just, uh, we had a sluggo route to Musi Muhammad. And he just threw it up in double coverage. And next thing you know, Kelvin Hayden's running it back. And now they go up twenty nine seventeen, and you just watch literally like it just go. Like life just falls out. Of yeah, the whole it's, it's yeah. a different perspective when you when you when you're on the field. Of the, and the Chicago fans are devastated, obviously. Um, but as a player, it's like, I mean, I still think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about yeah. it a lot. You know, especially around this time of year, it never leaves you. No, no, it's and, oh and, man, know. damn. And it's different. I can't too. imagine. You know, if if you if you're a player and a coach, because as a player, it's different winning it. Because it's like you actually physically contributed. As a coach, yes, you won a Super Bowl, Super Bowl champion. But as a player, it's like that's what you mm-hmm. dream of as a kid in the backyard. Yeah, and, you know, with you with your friends and playing pitch up and tackle. And so, uh, yeah, it was it was it was devastating. But you know, I'm so happy I had the opportunity to experience it and play in it. And um, you know, I, I had a pretty good game. You know, I had, I had over 100 yards, like seven yards of carry. And um, I wish I could have got some more carries in the game, but I mean, it's always good to talk about. It's fun to talk it's, about. Bro, it's all good. <laughs> so, so, like so, so, yeah. so since you don't watch Super Bowl, no, I'm not going to ask you who you think might win. <laughs> oh, I have to go for the Chiefs. Me Let's too. Go. Yep, we yeah. on the Let's same page Let's go Chiefs yep. Nation, yeah, baby. Yeah, I, played, I played in Kansas City, you know, for two years, my last yeah. two years. They went and I had a you know great time there. I was able to play with you know Jamal Charles and, and um, you know, uh, Dexter McCluster and a lot of other great players there. 
Yeah. You know, it's a great experience, man. KC was the best place for me to finish my career because I was just leaving Chicago and New York, and it was a nice little wind down for me. Yeah. Great people in the city. We loved the team. Great barbecue. Oh yeah, well, I love a barbecue. Yeah, oh, man. Uh, we love and, barbecue. Yeah. yeah, you know, it was a, uh, it was a, and, and it was a unique experience because I had never been there. That was the one stadium that I had never played in my whole career. I played Kansas City several times, but never in, in Kansas City. And um, it was a great, great experience, you know. Um, yeah. I, and I needed it at that time too. So, no, I gotta go for the Chiefs. And for some reason, my, my my dad is like a diehard Chiefs fan. Word. Um, he likes all the teams that I played for, and even Arizona, like. I res- I wouldn't change my journey for anything in in the NFL. Um, I think my goal was to make it to the NFL because of my family, but I didn't have any goals once I was in the NFL until I went through what I went through in Arizona. I had to figure out what I wanted to be. Now you made it to the NFL. Yeah. Now what do you want to do? Do you want to be a Pro Bowler? Do you want to go to the Hall of Fame? Do you want to be a bust? Do you like what do you what do you want to do? It's always new goals, huh? So being in Arizona forced me to say, you know what. I am not playing for money no more. I'm playing for my namesake, my legacy. And then that's when, like, my whole mindset changed, and then I started playing with a chip on my shoulder, and I literally took every day of practice, meetings, games, serious. And it didn't matter what team I went to, didn't care. I was on five different teams. Like, wherever I'm at, I'm starting, I'm dominating because I don't want to feel what I felt yeah. in Arizona because that's not me as a football player. I've always been the best. I've always been a leader. I've always been a captain. I've always been, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't change it, change it for anything. So basically, if I wanted to ask you if you never played football, what would you do? You would still be like, there was no plan B. Yeah, uh, he's five years old. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> I mean, one play, yeah. honestly, that was one of those, like, just because the opportunities weren't there, you know, like I didn't have family that lived out of state that I could go live with. I didn't, my mom and dad didn't have money for me to go to college, you know, like they didn't, not a school like Virginia, you know, they, they didn't have, I didn't have the resources, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm from, there was no jobs. You know, it was either make it to the NFL or take your degree and figure something out or, you know, coal mines. That's what I people do. That. Like most of them, the, the guys that I graduated with, they, they, they went to the coal mines. Some of them were still working in the coal mines and okay. I graduated with them in 96. You know what I'm saying? Um, one thing that I would have liked to have done if I didn't play football was become an actor, which is what I am doing That's now. what I'm saying, bro. So, like, how did yeah. you... How, make that transition. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's huge. Like, uh, just fell into it. Uh, I retired and started producing a project um, in Miami. And, you know, I just didn't have anything else to do. And, and um, I had a music label when I played for the Jets in New York. So I was always interested in the entertainment industry. But acting was not something that I wanted to do. To be honest, I spent a lot of time in L.A., um, and I just didn't like the L.A. culture. You know, I'm from the East Coast. I like being on the East Coast. Yeah. I like the East Coast hip-hop. Me too. I like, you know, yeah. dress, Tim. Yeah. yeah. And hoodies and thermals and gold <laughs> yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I come from that DMX, mm-hmm. Jay-Z, not like yep. that early hip-hop, Naughty Bun. That's like. Yeah. So, that's, so that was me. So I, I, I liked L.A. because it got me out of Phoenix. You know, when 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 I didn't want to be there, but it wasn't my preference, and and then I'd spent a lot of time in Hollywood, <clears throat> and I just wasn't it wasn't me, you know. Um, so for me to actually take on acting, knowing I have to be in L.A., shows you how much that I fell in love with it. And I and I started working on this project. The publicist for the show liked me. She said, "Yo, 
I think you have some raw talent. You know, I was playing next to Clifton Powell. I was playing his nephew. Michael Blackson was in it. It's like this kind of little... <laughs> that guy. It? Yeah, Michael <laughs> Blackson. So I met him early. This was 2012. And so she introduced me to a couple of agencies. An agency signed me, and they started sending me on auditions. And I had no acting classes or anything. I just was kind of going off of instinct. Yo, you were really good at it. Oh, thank no, you. No, like, no, I'm telling you, like, because I was just like, damn, this dude just real calm. You don't <laughs> act. <laughs> you just, you be there. So for That's somebody right, with, right. with no experience just yeah, jumping yeah. in the game like that, yo, I just got to give you mad props thank for that. Thank you. I appreciate That's really it. good. I just, you know, at that time, I, I I didn't have any experience. I was just, unfortunately, too, I was cast for things, like, that I could just do off of instinct, you know, like I got, I was, I was cast for a smaller role in Shameless. That's the first thing mm-hmm. I booked on, on, on uh, Showtime. And then I was booked for this other little show called Comedy Bang Bang on the IFC network. And then the third thing I was booked for was being Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had never watched the show, didn't know what it was about, but the character was like a side piece. So yeah. you know, I'm like, okay, right. well, <laughs> what would I do? That was me. So fortunately <laughs> for me, like it was a character that I could play and I didn't have to really have much technical training to mm-hmm. be able to pull it off. And it was better that I didn't because, you know, I think my character came across more honest and natural. And I was being myself, which really that's what acting is. You was the most caring side piece ever. You were so caring. <laughs> like, damn, where you Be like that from? sometimes. <laughs> I got to give my sisters credit for that because, you know, that's why I said earlier, you know, certain things are just natural. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, you have five sisters, you constantly... And then the younger sister. So I'm a big brother and a little brother, you know. So I understand that dynamic on both both mm-hmm. levels. And, and some of that stuff just kind of comes out. And um, after I did Be Mary Jane, though, I was like, once I realized how big of a show it was, and I was like, yo, if I'm going to really do this, I need to get in classes. I need Because I wasn't even living in L.A. then. I was still living in Miami. That's where my house is in Miami still now. Mm-hmm. I have an apartment out here. So I moved. I said, yo, I got to move to L.A. I got to get in some classes if I want to take this serious. And that's what I did. I studied with Ivana Chubbuck and Franz Turner for four years. I studied with Scott Sedita for four years. So for four years, I was in um, class from 7 to 10 on Thursday with Ivana Chubbuck, right down the street from here, literally. Okay. Okay. Um, and hmm. across from Frankie's. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would go off Larchmont, and I would be with Scott Sedita from 7 to 10. So I would take his audition technique class. Um, then i take Ivana's scene study class. Um, and then um, that's how I became trained. And so now... Because I see this movie you got. Is it is this movie coming out or is it Man, out? A Violent Man. It yeah. came out last February. Okay, because I, I didn't know. I, 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 I thought it was coming out this February. So mm-hmm. I need I really need to check it out. It looked real good. It looked intense. It's it's pretty dope. It's, uh, it's a film called A Violent Man. I play an MMA fighter that gets, uh, gets accused of murder. Um, my character um, ends up... Uh, having a situation with an MMA reporter, and the next morning she's found strangled to death. So it's a suspense thriller. Oh, uh, I yeah. want to know if you did it, but it's I'm crazy. gonna just watch it. You gotta watch it. Uh, it what's what's I mean, dope I know about what they it is that happened. <laughs> <laughs> you already know. Yeah. So, uh, but um, Chuck Liddell is in it. Mm-hmm. So me and Chuck fight in the octagon. All right. Which is which is dope because um, it's real authentic MMA fighting. Um, the 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 one of the, the uh, fight choreographers named John Lewis, and he's actually Chuck's trainer in real life, and Tito Ortiz is a trainer. Um, <clears throat> but Isak Tabankale is in it. He's been in everything. He was in Black Panther. He's, um, he's been in everything. Uh, Denise Richards is in it. Okay. Um, 
Wow. Camila Joy Dubose is in it. We should uh, watch it Bruce together. Davis we should watch it. it. On a little uh, date. Watch it Sunday morning for the game. Uh, John Scarloff. It's a great cast. I mean, great ensemble. You're looking tense. Yeah, it is. It's 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 like one of those uh, throwback noir films, like where you know you're watching it and you it, it the world we created. Matthew Burke was shout out to him. He's the director and and, and uh, the writer. It feels like you're watching it and it's like from a different era. You know what I'm saying? Just the way that it's shot aesthetically, the way it looks, the acting is like here, the directing, the lighting. It's it's a very intimate personal movie so when you're watching it you you really feel like you can mm-hmm. in on something mm-hmm. did you have to audition for that no that's my movie i executive produced it are you uh, serious yeah, yeah oh bro yeah, i'm so yeah. proud of you yeah thank I you i feel like you wrote a good movie yeah, i ain't even yeah, seen it yet i'm like yeah. i gotta watch this shit yeah exec produced it um matt originally wrote it about four or five years ago and then we met and then um the 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 lead wasn't written for someone like me you know i mean my my size and you know, um, you know, just you know, me being black, you know, it wasn't necessarily written for my character the way the the way just the story, and so I I I saw it as an opportunity to to make it more real and from a different perspective, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I came in, and then we added a lot more real elements to it, you know what I'm saying? Made it when you when you watch it, you'll see what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, you there's moments in there where you'll know exactly what I'm talking about because it just makes it way more interesting and it, and it makes you more emotionally um, attached to the characters. Um, and then and you see this real dynamic between pro athletes and, you know, the business. And, um, and at the end, you know, hopefully you'll want a part two. Okay. A lot of Say people, no more. At the end, if you don't want a part two, tell me you don't. I won't hurt my feelings. We had a lot of people that asked for a part two. Um, but at the end, if you watch it, let me All know right. you part That's crazy. Two. So yeah, it's like uh, you and Rashad Mendenhall really, like, instead of just being in front of the camera, really, like, got behind it. Yeah. Start working on, like, producing, like, brother, writing yeah. stuff. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you cool? Okay. I love Rashad, man. He was another back. He yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I know he was, like, a writer on Ballers, too. Yeah. Incredible writer, smart. Uh, more than an athlete, yeah. Man. You know, definitely. there's there's a lot of us like that. You know, um, and and the good thing about social media is that you know we get a chance to showcase that. Where before, you know, it was just you know the stigma about athletes and you know their, you know, jocks and you know, but people don't realize how hard football is. You have to be smart, especially that specific mm-hmm. position. You know, yeah, because it's, it's a that lot. stigma that people think y'all just. You know what I mean, no. Yeah, no. It's, I mean, you have to be smart and to be out there. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it's little, it's chess. It's yeah. chess. You're playing chess with humans. Very violent chess, yeah. and everything could change on the fly. And yeah. You have to know exactly oh, yeah. where you got to be, like, just be that fast. You have to, yeah, you have to know where to be. You have to anticipate what someone's going to do. Then you have to make the play. You Which one of your coaches you feel was the smartest? My coach, Jimmy Ray at the Jets. I was I say, some, don't I, say Rex. Uh, my head coaches. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't say Rex. I love, I love Rex. I do. Too. I'm a Giants fan, but oh, yeah. okay. y'all made a hell for a couple of years. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, and we was like coming off a Super Bowl too. Yeah, and all yeah. just got taken away from us that quick. Yeah. The city just completely switched over. Yeah, we were mashing people. Yeah, um, but no, John, Jimmy Ray actually taught me how to be a running back. My whole life, uh, I ran off of instincts and 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 preparation. I was prepared, you know, um, but I ran mostly off of instincts. And and um, I wasn't a technical runner until I met Jimmy Ray in 2007, and um, we were four and twelve, um, and 
we had such a young team. Our offensive line was young and a couple of like makeshift guys. And um, I ended up with 1,100 yards still. Um, and I was used to running against a 4-3 defense in the NFC because a lot of NFC, NFC defenses run four, mm-hmm. uh, teams run 4-3 defenses and AFC teams run 3-4 defenses. And a 3-4 defense is pretty complicated. Uh, 4-3 is a little more simple mm-hmm. because they just rely on athleticism. You know, they rush your defensive ends. They got athletic linebackers and safeties. Um, and they're usually not that big. They're smaller, quicker, fast guys. Where in the, in, when the AFC, it's big nose tackles like Vince Wilfork and, and, and um, you know, uh, all these guys. And, and then they have big, big defensive ends and then big linebackers. Um, and then they disguise their defense. And, I mean, it's, it's a lot more complicated. So Jimmy Ray taught me how to be a technician. He, he taught me to how to anticipate – what the nose tackle is going to do, what the linebacker is going to do, you know. I and and I got had a really really close personal relationship with him. Jimmy Ray coached OJ, coached everybody. Yeah. Like he coached okay. like legends. And so just the knowledge and information that I got from him, Eric Dickerson, he coached Eric Dickerson, like was incredible. And that, that and that one year, <clears throat> I felt like I became a running back. And the next year, I led the AFC in rushing, was a starter in the Pro Bowl. And the next year. I was second, third in the NFL in rushing and, and, and third in touchdowns. And that was all when I was 29, 30, and 31. Damn. My, my, yeah, those were my best years, 29, 30, 31. Well, t- 30 and 31 were my best years. I had 1,300 yards um, when I was 30 and then 1,400 yards when I was 31. And it's all because of Jimmy Ray because no matter what defense it was, I knew what you were going to do and I know where you were going to be. So I was able to already anticipate it and then – if anything, I was getting three, four, five yards until I wore you down and then bam, you know, like, because we were 31st thing in passing in in 2009, but we were first in the league in rushing, mm-hmm. which is very hard to do because it means you have no passing game. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and that was San- Sanchez's rookie year when he's a rookie and trying to figure it out. And, and the defense threw a lot at him. They're like, you know, we're going to we're gonna put everybody in the box and we're going to make you beat us, Mark. And he did a great job because we, we made it all the way one game away from the Super Bowl. And um, but that was when we lost to the Colts in the AFC Championship game. But Jimmy Ray is like – I had some great coaches. Jimmy Ray, uh, uh, Tim Spencer, Ohio State legend running back when he was my coach of the Bears, Kirby Wilson, Johnny Rowland. Um, you thinking uh, about Maurice coaching? Maurice Carthon. No. No? No coaching for you? No sports broadcasting? No. None of that? I it's coaching no, in a different way. Yeah. I couldn't, I, and a lot of it too was because I was never just like a football player, even though I talked football and mm-hmm. I loved it. I always had other things going on. Like in off season, I had my music label. You know, I was I had a couple of artists. We had to deal with Universal, Steve Rifkin. Oh, that's what's um, up. You know what I'm saying? When I was at the Jets, um, so I wasn't really football. Even the school I went to, you know, Virginia is not a football school. Virginia is a academic school, and and a lot of uh, creative people, super liberal school. Um, but it's not a football factory. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> I, I wasn't that guy. Like, I, I, as much as I love football, it would just didn't define who I, who, and who I was. And, and I'm destined now with acting, having my own production company, producing my own films and TV shows, and now having my own tech startup company, mm-hmm. Castar. Um, I'm destined yeah. to, uh, to jump into totally different fields Number one, I feel like it's important for me in my life to evolve and grow and yeah. be in different industries. But I also feel like I'm obligated to be an example to the other players that get stuck in this web of, well, I can only do football. Because 
that's not the case, you know. Um, and sometimes all it takes is for them to see one other person do it, and it gives them the courage yeah. to do it. You know what I'm saying? So what what is Castar specifically? Yeah, Castar is uh is basically you know well basically when I moved to L.A. I didn't have I had an agent but I didn't have a manager and and, and being in my acting class what I started to realize was that a lot of the talent and actors don't have access to gigs. I mean true. they don't have managers they don't have agents and and, yeah. and and they're giving these studios crazy money but their satisfaction is coming from the class and 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 the positive feedback they get from the coach but they're not on TV. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, how can I help this? Because I'm, cause I'm coming from a different perspective. I played in the NFL. I'm not doing this to keep my lights on. I have a whole other life mm. in Miami. You know, I'm here because I'm like, well, I don't have anything to do. It's a passion. I was fortunate yeah. enough to be cast for something big early, so let me see what this takes me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, how can I help these people? And that's what, you know, the idea for my app, Castar, came out. My, my idea and Scott Powell, my co-founder and COO. Um we came up with this idea for a mobile app that basically allows talent to uh, create a portfolio and whatever their talent is, whether they're an actor, whether they're a dancer, um, model, whether they're a hairstylist, makeup artist, create their portfolio, put some of their their, uh, digital content up there, their resume, and then if you're looking for that talent but you don't have a budget to go get a casting director or you Mm -hmm. you still want to shoot a short film or you still want to shoot a web series, but you're looking for talent, but you don't know where to find them, you can put your gig on Castar, specifics, location, and it's only right now for the LA area, and it's only on iPhone, because we wanted to narrow down the user base initially to kind of get all the analytics and data. Yep. So you back. can submit. So for a 999 subscription, you can submit to unlimited gigs. So if I see 10 gigs that I like, I hit submit, 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 boom, boom. Now I've sent my portfolio mm-hmm. to the person, and then I just wait for them to react, and, and then if they like me, then they message me back, and then bam, now we're working. So it's it's a it's. I mean, I, I I've the feedback that we've gotten has been incredible. I was gonna say that's a lot better than responding to Craigslist ads. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's especially um, when you're trying to get started. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a yeah. decent app. I I actually downloaded it myself and to check it out and see what it was about. When I when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, okay, this is just going to be for an acting thing. Yeah. But you're right, it's 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 no, everything. It's, yeah. it's, it's hairstylists, it's photographers, it's artists, it's, it's comedians, it's yeah. everything. Yeah. So, like, yeah. uh, the people that's out there listening, it's for everything. All all crafts, all journeys of life is in this app, and it's a great app. You should download Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's, that's a passion of mine, and that's why, we, you know, we have our own digital content as well. We have a show. Uh, that's on our YouTube channel, Cast Our YouTube channel, where you know I'll bring in certain actors, writers, directors, um, people in the industry, hairstylists, makeup artists, and I'll interview them about their journey through Hollywood, so we can inspire the people that are on the app. Um, and then you know when it comes to just me wanting the talent to win, like I know what that feels like to get mm-hmm. told yes, I yeah. know what that feels like to get told no. So it's not just an app, and it's not just uh, you know business. It's I truly enjoy when we get a DM from someone on on the app and they say, hey, I booked a job. Because we're like, tell us that you booked a job because we want to showcase you on our platform. We want to showcase you on our social media. You know, we have a thing called Cast On Caster. So anytime someone gets booked, we're like, tell us your gig, tell us what it is, specifics, and then we post it on our social media. That's dope. So we're in a position now where, you know, we're fundraising um, because we're only in the L.A. area and we're only on iPhone. So, you know, we want to build... 
you know, an Android version so people with Androids have access to it, a web-based version, mm -hmm. and then, you know, expand nationally as well so we can kind of cover the, 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 the whole country because there's just so many talented people across the country that just don't have access to gigs. Yeah. And people are shooting stuff everywhere now. Every, oh, hell yeah. yeah. Everywhere. Oh, like yeah. Atlanta, Chicago, yeah. yeah. So we so our catchphrase is Cast Star, the community for creatives. I like so that. So we have mixers once uh, every month. We have classes every month in L.A. Um, it's great for the mixers because they're packed. And a lot of times the new people that show up to the mixers because they'll see it on Eventbrite, the, the actual talent that's on Caster, they're the ones that explain what Caster is. And I'm always there. Sky's always there. So they see us. So it's not like some app downloaded and give us your dot money. It's like, no, like, I'm there. I yeah. wanna, here, I'm involved invested, in the like, middle of it. Yeah. yeah. It's not just your face on time. I cast two people off Caster, off Caster in my own movie that you guys are going to see. And then I cast three people. Um, one was a, was a waitress at Kitchen Twenty Four. One was uh, did concierge at um, at the W. And um, another one worked at Seven uh, Eleven. Oh, word! Yeah, Damn. and so I cast them because they were great actors. Um, the one from that worked at Seven Eleven was in my class. So you know, I cast all, all the brilliant people out here working these shitty right? jobs. Yeah, I mean the Hold guy. The, look, I'm the, telling you. Well, the guy that's on that 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 I cast that works at the W, he's on Narcos. Oh, oh. word! He's on uh, Altered Carbon on Netflix. He was in the movie The Umbrella Academy. Incredible actor. He played in, in in Altered Carbon. He plays a skinhead. Another character. He plays uh, uh, a Hispanic guy speaking fluent Spanish. Crazy, yes, he's, he's that's strange. Yeah, he's, he's actually on my show. Um, the, the name of the show is called The Cast Star Couch. So, we basically have this you know setup where we bring the talent in. And I had him come in, tell him his journey. He used to drive big trucks, he crazy journey. And he's you'll see him at the W, you know, he's you know, helping guys with their bags. And next, you know, you'll see him on Netflix. That's so, that's yeah. crazy. People on TV still gotta work, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you know, there's a misconception that everybody's making millions of dollars on TV. My family think I'm rich. I'm like, I ain't rich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, why is y'all asking me for money, bitch? I got paid twelve hundred dollars for that. That's not even my rent. What are you talking about? No, <laughs> one time. Yeah, that's how that's how magical that 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 the radio is and TV. That box and the radio, it's 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 magic, man. I mean, they think money comes with it, um, but that's why, like I said, for Sky um, and, and myself, it's it's a passion to help talent and and um, and help them book gigs because you know I know what that feels like. You know, to to get a call back. Um, I know what it feels like to not get a callback. I know what it feels like to prepare for the audition and get a haircut and, you know, whatever the character is, you go out and buy something. So when you go into yep. the audition, you, and yeah. you just don't even get a callback, you know, mm -hmm. just whatever. And I know what it feels like to think that you didn't get it. And all yeah. of a sudden, yeah. All know. the auditions I ever fucked up, I booked them. All auditions where I walked out and I was like, I know them bitches ain't, but that was horrible. They called me. Yeah. I was like, hello? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> For real? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I fucked that audition yeah, yeah. up. Y'all sure? How it works. <laughs> that's how it works. You know what I'm saying? That's how it works. People, um, you know, they, uh, they, it's, it's, it's very, very unpredictable, very subjective. Uh, you know, that's why it's so hard. But it is gratifying, you know, once you, you, you see that you make a success and, and um and that's the thing that keeps us going. It's the little wins, man. You know. Yeah. It's the yeah. Little wins, you know. I was just talking to my homie the other day, telling them to uh, celebrate the small victories. Yeah. The small ones, cause they all. They, it's just we just we just got. To, I find in this in this business, I find celebrating the small victories. Uh, they they're very helpful, so I don't fall into a damn depression. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. You know what I'm saying? When I when I even get up, even if I bomb on stage, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna celebrate this because I learned something from it mm-hmm. instead of going home with my head down. So yeah. right. all the small right. ones just gotta just yeah, that's what keep it going. That's the ones that you get. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just like literally yeah. one step and one foot in front of the other. Yeah, that's what it is. Because I never know when a big one come. But I know a big one gonna come soon. Yeah. Okay. I know. I know it's coming. But well, you know it's what I'm saying? Manifestation. Yeah. Know? And and I really believe in that. And that's why I said, you know, my NFL career was nothing but a manifestation of of my my ideas and what I put out there um, as a five year old kid. Um, I mean, that's there's no coincidence that that happened. You know, um, because you know, one thing my acting coach said. Uh, that always stuck with me. If you believe it, they believe it, you know. And uh, and I think that that's mm. what what has happened with me as an actor. You know, um, I believe in my characters. I believe in the work. Um, the content matters to me. I make it personal, so it's not general mm-hmm. words. It's you know I've connected it somehow to some real emotional place in my life, and it's also a release acting because football is a way different mindset. There's a lot of elements there, obviously mental toughness, discipline, all those things that you that I carried over into acting and, and even into being an entrepreneur and owning my own tech company. But um, you know, also in football you don't show vulnerability. Right. You don't really show humanity a lot of times because if I hit you and I hurt you, I'm a little happy about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not real humanity. You okay. Know what I'm you're not I dig to, it. You're not supposed to get up and be hyped because you know some dude is laying on the ground. And it's not that you're happy that you hurt them. You're just happy. You did your job. You did your job, you know. And sometimes, depending on the vibe, it could be because he's hurt. It could be <laughs> because that's just that's why I said it's an irrational world. No, like, you know. So if I'm saying, boom, somebody, I got him down. Or if I knock somebody out, they've been talking a whole game because that's that guys say whatever. We say whatever. On the <laughs> No, you, you disgusting, somebody, vile, vile whatever, things. Whatever yeah. you can to get under, whatever you can to get under somebody's skin. Wife, girl, like. It's whatever. Some guys, not all of them, but some guys just have no filter, and they, and that's just the nature of the game. You know what I'm saying? And you you can't control that. Like you can try your best, but you you just can't reel that in. That's just part of it. Like most most know, most messed up thing somebody ever told you. You know too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is a safe. Don't gotta say his name. <laughs> something about my girlfriend. Uh, it's too vulgar to say, <laughs> but just know. I mean, it was like the second play of the game, and it, I was furious the rest of the game. And honestly, every time I had a chance to try to, to and it was a D lineman, and every time I got a chance to try to take a shot at him, I did. Um, it was just, it was just. I mean, and I wasn't expecting it that early in the game. I'm yeah, like, second play is yeah, real yeah, early. Yeah, you, you gotta build up to that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah second yeah. play is like you had second this on your mind for a minute, game. bro. Yeah, that's premeditated. And it yeah. was like, and it hit me like hard because it was like, you know, this. First of all, this is somebody I love. You know, and it's like you know, no women and kids. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying that whole kind of like old warrior. Say whatever you yeah. want about me, but that, they got nothing yeah, to do yeah, with that type of thing. It's like, yo, you know, what I'm saying, like, yeah, don't not my family, not you know, um, and and it ew, it it hurt me, you know, um, because of what he said and the way he said it was Ooh. just like. You know, he just said it so casual. You know what I mean? It was like, like you know, <laughs> yeah. Excuse and me? So, like, and what's so crazy her? is we ended up playing together on another team. And living in the same build, apartment building, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, he ended up right away in the practice every day. Oh man! 
No, I never brought it up to him. He never brought it up to me. Oh, he's like, oh, I said that to everybody, this bro. Is, but this yeah. was, uh, this was. Three, I would have been like, remember, yeah. um, <laughs> but this was three before years later. Bro, you got. I would have. I would have said something. You. Could, I think I might have got him during the game. <laughs> I was gonna say, how did you finish up the oh, game? Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I got him during the game. Did uh, you ball out? You no. Know, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and then the exact opposite of what he intended. Okay, but then that's 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 problem solving right there. Um, and you know, I got a couple of good shots on him. You know, I was <laughs> wait, I was waiting for him to not look. Be, I'm like, man, if you, I pray that you're not looking at me. Because <laughs> I had like two goals on each play. Do my job and then hit, catch him. I'm like, I'm going to I'm, I'm I'm catch you. I'm going to catch you. You talk to you. Yeah, you know I'm going to catch you slipping. And within this four, within this two and a half hours or however long, before the whistle blows, I'm gonna. You're gonna know. I'm. You're gonna yeah. know. You're gonna know. You're gonna know that I'm here. So, but that's what I'm saying. Like you, that was the hardest part for me retiring. Was like, where do I take all this energy? Where do I take all <laughs> yeah. this? Where? Where do I go with this? Like just raw. Don't care. Don't even care about your body. Don't care what happens to you. You're just so mentally focused and zoned in. Where do I put this energy? You know what I'm saying? And acting and producing was perfect. Because it's safe, mm-hmm. it's creative. Yeah, you can still have a certain level of success that you're used to, depending on you know if your project takes off or whatever. Same thing with being an entrepreneur. It's the same grind every day, every day, every day. You lose a game, you win a game. You lose two games, you win two games. You know, um, we're looking for funding. You know, it might not fit someone's criteria, but then someone else is like, I don't know much about the marketplace, but I love the idea. Let's talk more. You know, so it's the same mm-hmm. dynamic. It's just in a different field. But but the tenacity and the drive that is inside of me, I had to do something with it. And unfortunately, I found acting and I found being an entrepreneur and cast star, you know, which has been a great transition. And um, and then just even, you know, ref ratings, you know, uh, just meeting David and the mm-hmm. team and you guys. Um, that alone helps just because there's like-minded people around mm-hmm. you that are on the same hustle, the same, same hustle. Like, I'm not the Ground only up. one. Yeah. yeah. And then Trying to figure it out. Yes. And we're coming up together. They say network. Hor- I love networking horizontally. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I want I want to work with people who are here with me. Let's grow together. And in four or five years, six years, you know, we have, we're having a different conversation mm-hmm. Yep. versus... Hey, can you help me? Hey, can you help me? You know, it's like, obviously, oh, yeah. you know, you, you need people to, to assist you in some way. But we're going to be those people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. how I, I see things. So even working, like I said, with Ref Ratings, being an athlete, it's a great platform. It's a great idea. Obviously, referees are the new celebrities. Um, Hello. Because they get a lot more conversation than they did back when I played. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times the referees back then, they would just let, the, they just let, let stuff go. Now you know referee. You have a referee in the um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Skybox. Yeah. Referee is like they don't even be watching. They be like, "What? Something happened? Yeah, uh, I, it, yeah, I ain't yeah, even yeah, see it the yeah, first time. Yeah. I swear to God." Run it back. Run it back. Run it back. Run it back. Yeah. Let me put this hot dog down. <laughs> and then they come back, and then you know. So the referees are playing a huge part in sports, mm-hmm. and 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 um and uh and I think now you know they have a voice, and and be it good or bad, they're you have to deal with them. You know what I'm saying? 
So I think you know, ref ratings is, a, is an incredible idea. I yep. think it's going to win big. The, the app, the ref ratings app, is dope too. I'll be yeah, in there playing yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty yeah. dope. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially for me, like someone who likes to gamble, yeah. that says they have the funds to <laughs> yeah. gamble yeah. as much as I'd yeah. like to. I can just go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. I still get the the feeling of being right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like, no, oh, look at my points right that, here. I got it right. Dopamine release. It is 100. percent Same thing with Castar. You know, I mean, you 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 book a gig on Castar. You know, it's not just for beginners; it's for working. It's working actors on there too because they still have to keep their lights on. Yeah, so it might be pilot season, but hey, there might be something that's shooting for four hundred dollars, and they need someone that fits your. Boom! They've seen mm-hmm. you on something, and they're like, "Oh, I saw this person." Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. Boom. Oh yeah, I saw a whole bunch you of know? things on there with a with a plethora of opportunity for a whole different people, backgrounds, ethn- yeah. ethnicities, uh, uh, trans stuff is on there. Yeah. Gay, yeah. gay yeah. stuff is on there. Yeah. Stuff for every. It's it's a very very well rounded app, and a lot of people are participating in it. And I, I like you. it. We well, I mean, that's the thing. That's the beautiful thing about Hollywood, man. In this world, is that you know everybody's able to do what they do. And, and there's a need. Everybody's needed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, no matter what, you know, race, uh, culture, sexual, no matter what, you're needed. You're important. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In this industry. You know what I'm saying? And you're important in the world, but specifically in this world because this world represents the world. Yeah. People want to yeah. see people like mm-hmm. them. Yes. They yeah. want to see people they know. They want to see people they've seen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's why we make sure that, you know, we cater to every single person um, because everyone's story is important. You know what I'm saying? And, and everyone's story can can help someone else learn more about that other person, regardless of whatever their background is. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's one thing I do love about Hollywood, too, with similar to being in the locker room. Because, you know, you, you, we have guys in there from all walks of life in the locker room. You know, you got me. I'm from VA. You got another dude that's from Miami. You got gold teeth. You know, you got you know, <laughs> you know, a white lineman from, from Iowa yeah. that, that's, oh, that never had, like, grew up around black people. You have, you know, all these different people, but then we have one common goal, you know. And if you're a lineman that never met any black people and I'm a running back that's never been around any white people, all that's out the window because, mm-hmm. you know, if you block this guy and I score a touchdown, we both win. Yeah, and I think that's the beautiful thing about Hollywood, too, is collectively, you know, everyone working together. And obviously there's a lot more politics in Hollywood and a lot more politics in the entertainment industry. But overall, um, I think there's great opportunities to kind of bridge the gap. Yeah. Depending on the content you're creating and the narrative you spin. And that's why, like, A Violent Man, I think you'll enjoy it because um, there's a lot of raw honesty in it. And, and, and that's what I like. I like content that's raw. Like, I have a TV show. Um, uh, that uh, my production company, me and Deji Larray, my my production partner, have a deal with uh, Cedric the Entertainer's company, Burden of Bear, and I uh, can't give you the name of the show. That's dope. But um, we're working through negotiations right now with a network. It's a show that me and Deji wrote. We're starring in. We're executive producing. That's sick. Um, so it's a really really dope show. We shot a pilot, and Cedric loved it. So uh, we're going through like all the specific details now. Yes, Cedric. Cedric. You know what I'm saying? And the show is going to be like it's it's a dope show. I can't say the name. Is it going to uh, be funny? If it's fun. involving, I, I oh, feel yeah. like I'm like yeah. it's got funny. said in it's that. Be, yeah. so, it, it is funny, <laughs> but, so but it's but, but it's so funny because it's so honest and it's a totally different like like it's a plethora of different uh, experiences. Uh-huh. You know, everyone has a totally different life experience but we're all connected and it's a perspective that's not really shown that much and the honesty is the funny because it's like it's something that you just said 
or something that uh-huh. you just heard or something that somebody else does that you know or something your significant other does that you just like you just did that yeah <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when we when we when we do the pilot, people when we show people the pilot before while we, while we were shopping them before this deal situation came up. Before one one person would say one thing and people just start laughing because they're like, "No, he didn't." And I'll give you one little thing. It's from the, a black male perspective is oh, shit. The, the light is shined on kind of how we see things and how the world sees us and how we see the world, but it's different versions of black men. It's not the mainstream, you know, is it's, it's stereotypical. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, not yeah, even yeah. that. Yeah, it's like, you know, me, you, you know. That's all right. You call me a black guys, man. You know, <laughs> you, 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 all three of us, right? And all of us, and all of us have different personalities, right? You have a totally different personality than me. Totally different personality. Yeah. Totally, different, totally different look. Totally different mm. swag. But we family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we connect, and I don't think you see that a lot when it comes to like black men. You see it with yeah. women a lot, but you don't see it with black men. You know what I'm saying? Um, so most people don't think that certain black men hang out with other, connect yeah, with other certain black men. Wrong. It's like no, because we all got that yeah. same common. Right, 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 right. So, yeah. so, so yeah. I'm just throwing a little bit out there because I, I I feel like I have to say that because I, I'm really that excited about it. But um, but yeah, like I think it's gonna be a dope show. That's dope, man. Well, we excited about it too. You yeah. thinking about directing? Not yet, because I don't think I've gotten to where I want to be as an actor. I mean, the good thing about writing, which is what I do with my producing partner, is that it gives you insight on the characters and it helps you as an actor. Because now you're not just thinking of, you know, your lines or, you know, you're thinking of all the specific motivation for why this character said that and would do that and would be like that. And in his history, you know, was he, um, you know, in a violent home? Was he, you know, uh, uh, abused, you know? What was his, you know, uh, um, family situation like? Was he sexually assaulted? Was mm-hmm. he, you know, you're thinking of all these little specific things to put underneath the character. So now when I read a script, I'm not just reading the lines. I'm already. You're reading muscle, the person, yeah. Yeah, like muscle memory. I'm figuring out who is this person. So when I go in the audition, I'm already tapped in. Yeah. It's not just lines. I'm, I'm, I'm tapped into who this person is, and I've created a world around me. I'm just playing in that world. So either I'm good enough for the role, either either I fit what you're looking for or I'm not. But that's what happens when you do the work. You know, when you do the work, you can you can let it go. Cause yeah. It, you know what I'm saying? Because then it's kind of like, not in an arrogant way, but it's kind of like, well, it's your loss because you don't know what I was going to bring to that mm-hmm. Yo, to, to sp- to, uh, if, if you want me to just tell you, so I, I had, I ended up getting me an acting coach as well, and he said all the same things. You know, you, you get the character, you understand why they was it. Because sometimes you get audition, yeah. they don't give you no no backstory, they don't give you anything. So you got like one, you get, you get a paper like this, mm-hmm. and it's just lines, but you don't know nothing about this character. But yeah. he was like, certain words give you key keys as to what this person went through and mm-hmm. why they say certain mm-hmm. things. But it's up to you to build the world and make yeah. strong choices and go in the room with that. Yeah, because they could tell they they they, they I think they one hundred percent can tell who did the work. Yeah, they mm-hmm. can. They, you they, know what they, I'm I saying? Mean, because they've seen just within that day. I mean, you can, you have to imagine how many people they've seen that have come in there and just given the exact same audition. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people make the same choices. That's what happens when you don't do the work. You know, there's nothing specific about the work. It's just you know you're just saying lines. Um, and they they know once you get on set, you know, if, especially for some of the the bigger projects um, where they're expecting you to like, you know, be able to take direction like this, and you know, you understand, you know, the the, the terminology, and 
You know, that's why when I did Be Mary Jane, honestly, I didn't know any of the terminology. Rob Hardy was the director of the third episode I did. The first two episodes were pretty smooth because it was like a couple of lines here and I just had to do my thing. Third episode was like, you know, we opened up the show, me and Gabrielle, and I had a full on like, you know, full on big scene in the beginning. And uh, <clears throat> he was like um, straight up director mode. Like after the take, hey, um, now, of course, you know, Gabrielle's her show. Mm-hmm. So and it's just me and her. So, you know, I'm getting all the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like, so, so I'm like, yeah. And she's trying to get out of there because she's trying to get to the heat game. Yeah, yeah. She's trying to get on the plane and go to Miami so she can in the morning. She can, you go to get the time for the heat game. So he like, you know, you know, when you're doing this, maybe you can do that. Don't don't be so on the nose, you know. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I, I got you. And he walked in like, what is on the nose? <laughs> Yeah, like, ask, what the fuck? I yeah. can't ask her, because then she's going to be looking like, where we get you from? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Can't, so I just got to fake it, figure it out. And and this is real time. Yeah. Because it's a whole scene. It ain't like they break it up. It's like 10 pages of dialogue. You know what I'm saying? Okay. 10 pages of dialogue, and it's just me and her. And I have to, you know, and I'm laying here, and then I have to, he wants me to do something like this. <laughs> Continuity. Um, after he gives me the notes, then here comes the script supervisor. Um, you didn't say you said this this time when you're supposed to say this word that time. You said it instead of ain't. You're supposed to say it. Oh, and remember to put the pillow under this arm. Yeah. It's like, so I'm like, so, but I'm like, I asked for this. This is just as intense as football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is just as specific and detailed as football. I asked for this, so I I, I was fortunate enough to be able to step up to the challenge mm-hmm. because that was a moment where I could have been like, yo. I don't know what the fuck y'all talking yeah. about. Yeah. And now you looking crazy. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to recast it. Yeah. And then eventually that makes its way through Hollywood. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah. Look, yeah. So it's like, that's why, you know, it's high stakes, but it's, but it's, but it's worth it if you do the work. If you do the work, you know, luckily for me, I studied the lines. I didn't just come up there thinking I could just lay around with my shirt off and like, no, I studied mm-hmm. the lines. I didn't really know what I was reading, you know, but I at least made the effort to memorize it, mm-hmm. and uh, and then little by little take the direction and start to figure it out on my own. Where now it's like, you know, I'm coming to the director with a note. Hey, listen, let me try this one this time. Like, yeah, you know, I feel like he would say this, or I feel like he would lay here, or I feel like he would grab her, or I feel like he would, you know, okay, cool, you know, it's that versus where I'm like waiting for you to tell me what to do, you know, and, and that's why I'm excited because I know. I started off not knowing what the hell I was doing to now where I'm so confident in myself as an actor and experiencing the scenes that I'm just, you know, I want to give input because I want the best performance possible. Because one thing, too, once you, you have a, once you have 120 yards rushing in a game, uh-huh. they don't want to see 98. They, they want they yeah. 120 20, or 121 yeah. or 140 or more. So it's the same thing with acting, like what you said. You know, you like, you know, you've seen my work and, and, and you you like it. So I got to keep giving you that. You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah. Uh, I got to keep every so time. So violent man this. better be violent. Yeah. <laughs> he better <laughs> have killed that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. No. no, listen, man. Like, and I've shot a violent man like uh, in 2016, 2017, and we just released it last year because that's how long it took for us to find a distribution company. Um, but it's out. It's available. It's on YouTube. It's on iTunes. It's on Amazon Prime. It's on DVD. That's we perfect. sold it to the UK. We sold it in China. Uh, we're trying okay. to get a TV deal now. 
um, yeah, it, it, and people seem to really like it. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel, um, I feel like honestly, I personally feel like, hopefully, if my career continues to grow and I'm able to grow as an actor and, and my, grow my brand, I really think this film could be one of those you look at 10 years, 15 years from now, and be like. Hopefully that would be like, wow, that was one of his first films. Like, you know how you go back and you'll see a film that like, you know, um, Sylvester Stallone did that you didn't even know he was in. Mm-hmm. Or, or, yeah. Or, you know, and you're like, I didn't even know he was in it that. Yeah. Or Tom Hanks or something. Oh, like, yeah. You know, I, I think that that hopefully, obviously, you know, is wishful thinking. But I, I, I think that's how proud of the film I am because it was my first lead role and I put so much time into it. And, and it's a really specific story. And it touches on a lot of different issues, you know what I'm saying? Regardless of your, your culture, there's a, it's, a, it's kind of uncomfortable, you know, when you're watching it. It's a very raw film. Oh, if I anybody like, like raw, you know yeah. I like raw. You, <laughs> I'm raw as yeah. they come, yeah, okay? And shit that I ain't got no mother, I ain't got no filter at all. Like, a yeah. lot of times they probably can't put a lot of this shit on because it's probably be like beep, 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 yep. beep. Like, Punky, stop cursing so much. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> how I talk. Oh. <laughs> But man, look, look, uh, this has been one of like the best conversations I've had Ever. in a in a yeah, this is awesome, yeah, 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 yeah. For real, for real, yeah. yeah you you yeah. got me about to go yeah. home. I'm about to be like, <laughs> I'm inspired. Now. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm like, now I gotta write it. Now I gotta come up with stories. So much insight. <laughs> yeah. No, listen, you. It's just fun to talk to people who are appreciate you know the work and appreciate what you've done, man. Because you know, I'm that I'm the type of person. I'm so grateful and humble and appreciative of anybody that is interested in something I'm doing. You know, I, I don't. I played in the NFL. Uh, I've had success in my life and things of that nature. But like, you know, people don't have to like your stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah. People don't have to inquire about your journey. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that's that's a, pl- a privilege. And and so anybody that is interested in my story and and you know how I was able to do what I did and you know I get excited about that. You know because it's like wow man like you know my work wasn't in vain and. And then, you no, know, and then, I'm, and then I'm also interested in hearing about everybody else's story. And, you know, and that's the beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur and being out of that space. Football, you know, you're in this box. So it's very hard because you don't have the time. Um, and a lot of guys, you know, they're so time consuming mentally that you just zoned in. Where now I'm out of that world, which is why I say I would never coach. I would never go back in that because that's very specific. This is the world. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I can talk to you. I can talk to you. Who knows what me and you could do? in four years or five years, mm-hmm. me and you could do in four years or five years. You know what I mean? Who knows how your experience is going to help me grow your conversation, how where you come from, your background, or yours. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's the beautiful thing about Hollywood. You know, obviously there's a lot of BS and a lot of nonsense, but on the on the good side is, you know, we're, it, we're all human beings. You know what I'm saying? We all have human experiences that we can learn from. You know what I mean? So I'm just humbled and, and, and grateful that uh, Dave and, and uh, you know from Ref Ratings and you guys from Ref Ratings have me on. I think I speak for Punky, Dave, everybody, whole team. You definitely welcome back whenever you want to come. Thanks. Don't yeah. fucking speak for me. I think I can speak for you. <laughs> all right, fine. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I just didn't like all that control you had took over. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever, Matt, Mr. Jones. Seriously, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Whistleblowers. I know y'all enjoyed this. Download the app, Castor Star. Castor. Yeah, Castor. C A S T A R, and the website is Castor App. 
Rap.com. It's a free download. Check it out if you're a, you know, in the entertainment industry. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, we're here for you. We have mixers the first Wednesday of every month at the Dime on Fairfax. Um, here in Hollywood. I like the I dime. Like the dime. I like the dime. I like the dime. I know yeah. me too. Yeah. I know where I'm going to be. Yeah. Uh, for a couple uh, of it, yeah. yeah. Acting classes for uh, the talent. Um, we have uh, headshot seminars. Um, this is for the community of creatives, man. You know what I'm saying? Come be a part of our family at Cast Start. Download the app for free. Uh, create a portfolio. Submit the gigs. And um, if you get a gig, DM us. Let us know. We, we'll we'll you know, put you on blast. Put you on our social media. We want to brag about you, man. We're proud of our uh, community. Yeah, get get from behind the, com- the the computer, get from behind your phone, and come on out on Wednesday nights, man. I'm I'm coming. Yeah, is it a yeah. daytime it's or a nighttime? First, win- first Wednesday of every month. So next Wednesday starts at uh, yes. Okay, it starts at um seven from seven to nine. Okay, all right. So it's cool. It's a nice vibe, you know. Good. Music. I'm about that. You're gonna see yeah. us. Yeah, we are gonna pull up. Yeah, <laughs> Just remember us. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. we gonna pull up <laughs> in the whole. Yeah. Be like, y'all so different <laughs> from the rest of the like I know. <laughs> You're welcome to come. Well, well, we appreciate it. Um, whistleblowers, thank y'all for watching. Thank y'all for tuning in. And y'all know where to catch us. Catch us next week. Oh man, plug yourself. Plug yourself. Where, where can we find you? Oh, where you at? Yeah, yeah. You can find me on uh, social media: Instagram Thomas Jones RB, Twitter Thomas Q Jones, uh, Facebook official Thomas Jones. And, um, you know, Thomas Jones was my football name, but my, you know, in, in, as an entrepreneur and as an actress, Thomas Q. Jones. So if you Google Thomas Q. Jones, it'll bring up my IMDb on my acting work. And, you know, um, Tom Jones, the singer, kind of getting <laughs> Quentin Quincy Jones. They, they, they get on my nerves, both of them, because they, oh, they, 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 they mess up my Google search. <laughs> But you can look up Thomas Jones and Thomas <laughs> Q. Jones and find me on Google. So. Yeah, man. Look out for my boy, Thomas Q. Jones. Don't forget the Thomas Q. and the Jones. <laughs> yeah. And follow my boy on everything. Follow me at Punky Johnson on everything. P-U-N-K-I-E Johnson on everything. Follow my boy. Follow me at Cake Rock, C-I-R-O-X on Instagram. And Les is Morgan on Twitter. And y'all can find us at Ref Ratings on everything. R-E-F-R-A-T-I-N-G-S. I'll let y'all peace. Thank you. Peace.